No, no, no. Your, your headphones are broken. <laughs> I don't know. And that's how we begin. Yes. Carl, your headphones aren't broken. We are live from the Westwood One Studios in Times Square. Please and we good job. Huh? <laughs> I love cutting it in the middle. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Johnny Carson didn't interrupt Ed McMahon. <laughs> it's the other way around. That's all Ed McMahon did was do the big intro for the show. And then oh, he okay, sat there it. like I'm a big, sorry. fat, right. fucking drunk and did Mikey, nothing start else. start it again. Go ahead, do it. Oh, really? Okay. We are live from the Westwood One. Wrap studio. it up, Joey! <laughs> hey! <laughs> fell for that one, motherfucker. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Well, we want to welcome, my God, our big guest. Could be the biggest guest we've had so far. Shane McMahon. Welcome. He's not here, bro. He's not here, bro. Oh. Are you warming up that radio voice? Well, I thought I would. Fucking boo. <laughs> it's not time for the radio voice yet? No, no radio voice yet. Hey, but... Shane McMahon. What's Shane going on? is not here. Okay, then. I thought it was time. <laughs> I thought it was time. But the big interview with Shane McMahon. Uh, I was, we, you, when I was, uh, before I got Mickey D's before, I was talking to Mikey. Yeah. Mikey said he was uh, debriefing a perp. Yeah. You know, uh, how, why, why'd you break into that house? And they said, well, because uh, they didn't have a pool. And Mike goes to me and he goes, you know, when that criminal was telling me what you said, because <laughs> I'm the one that said that's how you know how to break into houses. If they don't have a pool, they're gone for the summer because they got right. money. So there's a better chance so that better they're chance not going to be home. home. And Mikey was like, I can't, you are the biggest perp I've ever met. Wow. He, yeah. He, he, for the first time, Mikey gave me those cop eyes. Like, he looked at me like a criminal. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't ask you many questions, as you know, Carl. You don't ask me a lot of questions. No, I don't want to know too much. I really don't. If you ask me one thing, can I'll I answer t- Can I tell yeah. you one thing you told me? If you touch my fucking hand again, I swear to God, I'm going to cry Magalia. <laughs> <laughs> well, learn how to use a microphone. How long have you been doing this? <laughs> I talk like it's a flea flicker. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my Mike's talking, touching me, touching me with his soft, warm hands. It's fucking weird. The mic, do you have soft, warm hands? Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, they're nice. Oh, he goes, of course. These aren't working hands. No. Can I tell the people one of the things you told me? You can pick one thing you want to talk about. Now, what this about. fucking guy tells me, and, and probably the cop will back me up, that the garages in New York City are used by the drug dealers. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Huh. It's a haven for them. It's oh, a, you know this, yes. Mike. Of course, it's a haven. So how does it go down? So it's a three-man operation when you're selling drugs on the street, yeah. especially in Midtown. So what you got is you got the guy. You, now it's a lot harder for the cops because they're texting on their way in. They text... Mm-hmm. They text the drug dealer in hot. The drug dealer waits. He comes sees, comes up to the car, takes the money. He signals the runner. The runner goes down to the parking garage. There's some car parked in one of the first spots, gets the drugs out of the car, runs back up while there's a spotter on the corner, and then that guy gives you the drugs. So it's never a, a, a circle transaction. It's always someone's taking the money but not the drugs, and someone's giving you drugs and no money. And that's the cleanest way to do it. Wow. And let's be honest. You have to have eyes on it. You have to see the hand-to-hand transaction, yeah. the product, the money. So a guy hands you money is not a crime. Right. And you need, remember, the cops are together. You can't just be solo. Right. So you can't have one cop watching this guy, one cop watching that. It would, it would never hold up in court. All, pe- all people testifying. Oh, just let them do their drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and like in the hood, in the hood, there we used to be, uh, we used to, um, we, I'm sorry, that. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I don't ask Carl too many questions. So, Back to you, Johnny. So a lot of the times, um, they, the old Jamaican guys and stuff, they were smart. They would uh, hollow out avocado uh, seeds, and they would put them just on the curb, like with the garbage and everything in the gutter. Yeah. So when the cops came and searched everybody, it just looked like someone was eating avocado and it was full of drugs. Wait, wait, I still don't understand that. that- he was a little crack, 
little crack, like little ten dollar dime pieces. Or in the of middle crack. of the avocado. Yeah, in the middle of the avocado seed. So there would be garbage everywhere. You know, it's the middle of Brooklyn. There's garbage, and it looks like a garbage bag is ripped open. Right. There's a couple avocado seeds, but they're full of drugs. How do they hollow them out? Uh, they got all the fucking time in the world. Avo- an avocado seed is pretty fucking dense. dense. Yeah. They got so they nothing. hollow that shit out. And at, they put at, the drugs in there. And they just lay them and around. And lay them there mm-hmm. everywhere. And they're everywhere. Yeah. So then you roll up. You want you want some fucking Coke or whatever the fuck, right? It's all there. And then they just pick up one of these seeds? Yeah. You're all set. No yeah. kidding. Do they make you pick up your own seed? No, no. This is an apple picking. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to go pick the best looking one. Yeah, no, no. They know what to do. You knew this, Mike? Yeah, all all this stuff's all... It's all normal. Mm -hmm. It's all normal. Yeah, but if the cops know it, then uh, the drug dealers got to come up with a new uh, way but, to do it. But what are we going to do? Just walk by, pick but up all the garbage know, on the yeah, floor? Yeah, there's no, there's no transaction. You see, the cops need to have a transaction. Yeah. So now there's apps where you can pay somebody. Right. So now they just pay you online. Do you know what Vimo. Yeah, they Vimo. They Vimo you. Yeah. So if you're the drug dealer, I'll Vimo you money, like $20. The guy will text me, all right, pick up the milk carton on this corner. Yeah, you're done. So you just no. legit, oh, you just walk by, and now the drug dealers are all watching. They're on the corner because they want to make sure no one's just grabbing their shit. They got spiders. Right. And they walk over, they pick the bag up, and you can't just stop a dude. You know this dude's an addict. You can't be like, stop, open the bag up. Right. Dude's a sandwich in there. It might be a sandwich with the drugs on the bottom of it. The L train used to be big where there was guys just on the trains. They used to call them the ghost. Yeah. And he was on the, and everybody knew he was on the train. Yeah. From X amount of time, from this time to this time. In which right. car, which, like, and where you, to stand. And where to stand. And then you would go and see the ghost. Wow. Carl, you'd be one hell of a cop. We, we, we need you, Carl. Come on over. 212 recruit. <laughs> I would need to bring him to the other side. Uh, we need him. <laughs> I would be good. Yeah, the ghost. Everybody knew the ghost. Yeah, but you guys don't really give a shit about these uh, small transactions, Well, no, right? you get the big ones by getting the small no, ones. No, I understand. How cop works. I understand how big, that, I Exactly. I it's do understand The that. debriefings, hey, work with us. Let's keep going step by step by step. No it, cop wants to be known for banging, like arresting everyone with a nickel bag. <laughs> yeah, you get destroyed. That's a lot of work. You oh get destroyed God. when you come in the precinct. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's like, yo, what'd you get? Oh, I get, oh. And yeah. then you get killed. They'll take yeah. pictures of it. Oh, really? So, <laughs> oh, they're brutal. And that's why, you know, it's funny. Are you funny. allowed to talk about this shit? No, I'm not giving any, this is just facts. Everybody knows this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we first started working, we were making, well, you guys were making fun of me. And you're like, yo, can you take it? I'm like, dude, it's where I work. It's the most brutal place oh, ever. Cops are, cops like, are brutal. Just say you guys are partners. Right. And you chase a dude down. You see a hand to hand. You're like, I know that guy has a lot of shit on him. And meanwhile, he might have like three decks of heroin. Dude, they'll put a plaque up like cop of the year with the three decks. Dude, and they'll go on the Twitter and be like, yo, put it on Twitter. How, what a good job he did. Oh, they're brutal with each other. Yeah. So the cop doesn't want to do anything without weight. No, you so look a ridiculous. Lot of times the cop will look at you like, ah, guys, please. And a lot of time, if you know. So is that how you haze the new guys? Yeah, but even like, obviously the new guys are stupid. To, oh, yeah, and then you tell them to fall for that. Oh, oh the everything. new guys are sliding over the hood of their car to get that nickel bag. Like, yeah, they, freeze. <laughs> Shane McMahon not here. He's ten minutes out. Oh, okay. Oh, he's We're, not. He's canceled. We got Shane yet. McMahon today, but we. Oh, this feels to like a cancel. Early. You think it's a cancel? I would love for this. Oh to be a cancel. my god! I would laugh myself. <laughs> I silly. would love for this. to be I haven't a talked to Shane McMahon in uh, I don't know a few years now. He's a, he's an old friend. We go way back to the WNEW days. He handpicked me and Anthony to do the pre-show for the XFL. That worked out. Uh, <laughs> Guy's we, got a good eye. <laughs> we were so, He's the worst scout in the game. <laughs> we were so over our heads. Who else did I he mean, pick out? He picked out Timothy McVeigh to do the construction of <laughs> his house. We had to interview the XFL players, and, I mean, out of the entire league, maybe two or three went on to the NFL. So they're all like guys that uh, already got cut from numerous NFL teams, and we had to interview these guys and make believe they were somebody. 
Oh, that was a nightmare. Yeah, it was brutal watching. And you guys were on TV for the, and you had the like, fake drinking contest when you guys were betting. Oh, Let's bet a beer, what? Anthony. Oh, it was <laughs> no. brutal. It was kind of douchey. Let me tell you something. I, I, I'm a big fan of Opie and Anthony for many years. Not like big not, fan, big not, fan, big fan. Not big like fan. you. Not like you. Not a weird fan, but a big fan. Yeah. And I always liked Howard better, but that, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so did I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Joey, wrap it up. Uh, wrap it up, Joey. It doesn't get better than that. Oh, my God. We just did a 10-minute podcast. <laughs> Take it away, Joey. <laughs> so um, you guys sucked on TV. Because uh, we were out of our element, man. Oh, my God. They threw us in with the wolves. I mean, first of all, you guys, I mean, good looking for radio, but for TV, man. Whoa, wow. hey. Oh, no. Hey, don't, don't put me in that fucking Well, whatever category. looks you had were gone with that catatonic nervousness that you had staring at the camera. I'll tell you this, man. You know, Ant brought my number fucking down when we were standing next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, whoa, whoa, who brought that one? <laughs> I'm about a seven, seven and a half. <laughs> Standing next to Anthony, next thing you know, everyone thinks I'm a five. Oh, no, the actually next to him, Antonio Banderas. But, but Love you, love you, miss you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. yeah you guys know, on TV were wooden. We were. Uh, we you were green. No one ever coached dude, you or anything. we were huh? out of our element, man. Carl, did you ever see when they had to run at halftime? No, to I run told you I was a big fan. Not a weird fan. The 50-yard line? <laughs> well, no, I was we, only six. We had to run for the ball because in the XFL, if you remember, the two players ran for the ball, and whoever grabbed it, that team got the ball. Right. So they made me and Anthony do it. And Anthony, you know Mike. He always needed to be the guy. And at the last second, we're running full speed. He gives me a fucking push that should have broke my fucking neck just so he could get the ball. And, and you I, fell? Oh, boy, did I fall. And I'm like, okay, I got it. I got what's going on here. <laughs> so I'm, he I'm threw you on the nice. floor? Huh? Oh, yeah, but it wasn't for, like, the gag or for the... Oh, okay. He needed to win, and he needed to win over me. Look at the clip for yourself. Joey here. Let me earn my money since I'm the only one actually making any on this podcast by digging for the clip of this debacle of a pregame. Yeah, it's a visual, and I'll leave a link so you can judge for yourself. Not whether or not Greg's better looking than his ex-partner. That's too fucking obvious. But there's a part where O&A are sitting with these planted hotties in a bar-type setting, having a fake beer, checking out the replay of the incident. And by the way, Jesus, Greg, when you run like that, you kind of deserve to get pushed. But in this circumstance, dick move. Good news, nobody in the stadium saw it, because there wasn't anyone in the stadium. But here's the clip. I beat you. Holy Anthony, nail. Anthony, there's no instant replay in the XFL. Right. If there were, it would be obvious that you cheated. Can I see that tape again? Bruce, Look, Bruce. right here, you pushed me. A little I go shove. flying by the ball, and you end up I, with I, the ball right there. Who has it at the end? Thank you. Thank you. You me. cheated. You cheated. I win. But I'm a man of my word. Here's your beer. Oh, man. Oh, look at the lanyard. <laughs> that push was hard. No, there was there was some realness behind that push. I never that was the day I was like, oh, my God, what is what is going on? That was the day. Uh, <laughs> Every day was the day. Every well, day was no, the day. There's probably a few others. But... You know, when uh, Anthony set my house on fire, I said, <laughs> today's the day. Kind of realized we weren't really brothers. <laughs> we weren't really brothers in arms. It's every man for hey, himself. I mean, I mean, that was the funniest clip I've seen so far in the XFL. <laughs> If it was, if he did it for the for the goof, who cares? Right. Or, or good TV, but there was a realness to it. Like, and I'm like, okay, whatever. But anyway. and how much money were you guys making back then? What? It, how much did you make for the XFL? Oh, I don't know. That was like I don't know, a few hundred thousand. That's not bad. Yeah, 
They paid us very well. We were on NBC. Oh, you were? And we, I could tell from I the think- past that you had around here. <laughs> exactly. Room 6, 7, Floor B. Jesus. If lost, please send back to Greg Hughes. I mean, my God. I remember you were so did- paranoid. No one knew who you were. I remember we did, uh, I think we did like four episodes before we got canceled. And I, and I remember the guy, like one of the big fucking wigs at uh, NBC Sports, we go to Giant Stadium, and we're in his office. He's kissing our ass. You guys are number one in radio. This is going to be great. Your fan base, blah, blah, blah. Like, he would have blew us if we asked, right? Fast forward, the ratings are sinking for the XFL, so they don't really need the pre-show anymore. That's just stupid. That's wasted money. So we were going to be the first to go. We're in an elevator with this guy, right? He, it stops off on a, on a floor at Giant Stadium. Me and uh, Anthony are already in the elevator. This guy pops in. It's like he saw two ghosts. He's like, fuck, I'm in the elevator with these guys. Because he knew he was basically firing us that Monday. And he wouldn't talk to us. And I remember uh, leaving the elevator after he got off on his floor. And I look at Anthony like, we're fucked. It's over, Johnny. Right. And sure enough, it was. So Unbelievable. That's how they are, though. You did know you give your shit. lanyard back with, all I, the, yeah, with your personality <laughs> pins on? Reluctantly, like, oh, oh man, I just finished stapling this thing to my CB Sports at the starting line. I thought you guys engines. were going to be in uh, the XFL documentary. <laughs> That's cake. I Going thought, the distance. Oh, God. I thought you guys were going to be in the ESPN 30 for 30 doc on XFL. I had the guy on the last version <laughs> of the radio show at Sirius XM, and he goes, I called you 20 times. You didn't answer. <laughs> yes. Come on. I don't know if it's true. I was right there. No, I don't know if it's true that he did, though. Yeah, but you see, when it he talks like this, it's because it's true. He's like, I don't get yeah. It's true. Hope he was fishing. Because they thought about everything. 30 for 30, or I got stripers coming. <laughs> hey, on. you might be right. <laughs> I could have been in a 30 for 30. I should probably take some of this stuff more seriously. You think? Yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying I'm... to tell you. <laughs> and that XFL uh, 30 for 30 was really good. It was really good. Yeah, it was all right, man. And you weren't in it. No, not even a mention. Oh, no, Bob Costas mentioning us. That twat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he called us out for being, what, just unprofessional? Find that clip. Was it sophomoric? Was that what he called it? I think he called it sophomoric. You're fucking. That's fucking creepy, Mikey. You- I think it's super fan. Yes, I don't like this super fan behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Do not help this out. No, it was like Bob me. Costas was uh, interviewing Vince McMahon, and that was the time Vince McMahon almost punched Bob Costas. Because Vince was getting really The veins was popping out of his and, neck. And it, he leaned in like, he leaned in like, are we going to do this? I forgot the exact quote, but it got close where he was going to pop Bob Costas. And man, I don't think there would have been too many people complaining about that if that went down. XFL ratings are down 75% from week one. They now rival the lowest ratings ever in prime time, not just for a sports program, but for any television show. I think there's a general perception that while the XFL doesn't go anywhere near where the WWF goes, that it's a low-rent form of Have you television. Seen the games tell me what is low rent. Not so much within the games. The pregame show, especially week one, we don't have was, was one of the shows. most mindless things I've ever seen. We don't have a pregame show. Week one, there was a pregame show. We don't have any pregame shows, which is one of any more. No, we've never had a pregame. What was the pregame show that aired in Los Angeles, in New York, and in other markets a half hour prior to the first game? A local thing that the NBC O and O's put together, of which we had nothing to do with. I I hate Bob Costas. I'm not a fan. My favorite of all announcers or things is a boxing guy whose name is Larry Merchant. I know Larry Merchant. Larry Merchant talks so much shit right to the boxers' faces. 
Like, you'd be like, Mike Tyson, you're a complete failure. Yeah. You lost your third fight. Yeah. How do you feel? <laughs> right. I'm like, wow. Uh, was it Floyd Mayweather who came in his face? He goes, you're lucky I'm not yeah. like, 30 years younger. Right, the Floyd Mayweather? Yeah, he wanted to fight Floyd Mayweather. He was drunk off of Cuddy's Oh, Larry water. Merchant said that. Yes. Beautiful. Put it in, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in. I like that. I'm producing. You like that? We can really drive Joey nuts. <laughs> yeah, too late. Just start going. Put it in. I'm putting it in right now. Can you feel it? Knock that out, Joey. Hit that with a little EB's guitar. <laughs> and I want to thank EB Guitar Man EB on Twitter. Guitar. Easy. That's my friend. The nicest rock star ever. <laughs> yeah, He's absolutely. really nice. Here's your fucking clip that everybody already saw, including my 83-year-old mother. Hey, Joey, it's Mom. Tell Carl everybody knows about Merchant Mayweather. By the way, love you on the Food Channel, Carl. Say hi to Guy. You don't ever give me a face shake, you know that? So I'm going to go and let you talk to Victor Ortiz, all right? I'm through. They put somebody else up and give me an interview. What talk are you Victor talking Ortiz. about? What you, are you, you talking heard about? Him. You never give me a face shake. HBO needs to fire you. You don't know shit about boxing. You ain't shit. You're, you're not shit. I wish I was 50 years younger you and I'd kick care. your ass. You won't do you shit. You won't do nothing. So you know anything about Shane McMahon, my old friend? Yeah, he's uh, um, he's, uh yep. What do you know about him? Nothing. Really? I, I tried to read the one sheet that Mike did. Yeah. It literally stutters like him. I know. <laughs> like, I've never seen stuttering on a page. It's like, wrestling, British Bulldogs. Very, it's, it's not a that's not a one sheet. A one sheet is one sheet. No, this is two it's sheets. It's very thorough. No, I'm, I'm gonna read it. Shane McMahon by uh what's your name? Mike the Cop. Brother Brother 2001, but Dice on SmackDown in Boom boom boom. Pew pew pew. Larry the Indian bye bye nineteen oh seven. Done. I can't it makes no fucking sense. Uh, Shane McMahon survived the helicopter crash. That's what I want to talk we about. We got to talk to him about that. That was uh, a year ago in the summer. And uh, I, th- I think it landed hard in the waters off Gilgo Beach out there on Long Island, right? Survived a helicopter crash. Did anybody die in the crash? I don't think so. No, it was him and one other person. Which is rare. Oh, someone's private chopper? Oh, not, not. Not, not many people uh, survive helicopter, helicopter crashes. A lot of people do. What do you mean a lot of people There's do? There's a lot of low-speed crashes in, in helicopters. Yeah. Like, planes are different because the wings are filled with fuel and it just turns into a firebomb. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. We're going to talk about Now, what does this guy do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying hi to an old friend, Shane McMahon. I don't know anything about wrestling anymore. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, let him tell us the wrestling stories then, right? Yeah, of course. We could talk about Andre the Giant. Mm. He knew Andre the Giant back in the day when he was growing up. I love Andre the Giant, one and, of my favorite. And uh, that documentary on Andre the Giant was great. Did you see it? Nope. Then you don't love Andre the Giant. I didn't know he had a documentary. You didn't know that Andre the Giant had a documentary? I had no idea. My God, what man. What channel is that on? I think it was on, uh, I think that was an HBO documentary. Ooh, I missed that one. <coughs> I but, just coughed and farted at the same time. Oh, that come will on. clear I'll everything out. In this room. It'll clear the room out. <laughs> it's going to clear. That'll clear everything out. Come on, out. bro. <laughs> Come on, don't shit yourself. No, man, I, I apologize. No, you don't. No, I, I don't think it's cool to fart in front of uh, adults. But you just did. Because I coughed so loud <laughs> that it, it, it pushed a fart out. <laughs> With that, we say hi to Shane McMahon. Oh, how are you? Look at Shane carefully looking around yeah. to see if this is a legit podcast. <laughs> 
laughter, and I was just like, let's check it out. What's up, Shane? <laughs> How you been, man? Shane, you haven't aged, uh, uh, you haven't aged. I've definitely maybe, aged. Nah, maybe a slight gray. Uh, I got a lot of gray up there, but, yeah. But besides that, you look good. Uh, I feel good, train hard, you know, just. Are you still training to wrestle? I still do that from time to time. They dust me off and put me in there. <laughs> Isn't that insane, you know, Carl? This is Carl, crazy. by the way, the yeah, Cuban. Hey, don't. How are you? Pleasure. He's a big, nice uh, he's a big star on the Food Network. With Guy Fieri. That's great, because I'm a foodie. Well, are man, you really? I love it. Oh, good. Man. Well, if you're a foodie, you should know this guy. No. He's he has big no in that idea, community. Right. He has no idea. He's looking right through me. <laughs> yeah, but my wife would know. She yeah. knows everybody. Yeah. Anybody, anybody's wife or any grandma or like fat girl knows exactly yeah. what yeah. I'm This guy's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's money. Well, I'm watching you now. I yeah, like yeah. it, especially the hat. That's pretty cool. It's uh, uh, Nantucket. Nantucket? Yeah, we were up there this summer podcasting. Food's good there. It was awesome, right? Yeah. Food is really, I was really impressed. That you could tell the rich people there complain a lot. Like, they figured a lot of shit out there. Great place. And Beautiful. they made sure they got really good chefs up there. Yeah, it's a, that place has money. Like, there's places that look like they have money. Yeah. But they really don't. That place is rich for real. Yeah, they got a lot. They're well, very that, well that's off. everyone has second or third homes. Oh, there. the boats. There's and, yacht traffic. Like, shit that you never see. And, right. and these homes, they only use them, like, what? A couple times a summer. Are, they don't get. So, that's don't how care. rich they. You're one of those rich guys. And they're very. And they're, I love vintage. I don't cars. have a house in Nantucket, buddy. But you, you could, could though, if you want. You could. <laughs> <laughs> you could. Dude, we go so back. I know. It's great how to many see years? You. God, many. Like 1999. Yeah, late late 90s. Yeah, we're going back. That's when I was still watching wrestling. I'm not going to sit here and make believe I'm a big uh, wrestling guy anymore. That's okay. But, but I'm still a fan of yours, and I'm still a fan of the WWE. Cool. Because you guys really took care of us back in the day. It was a lot of fun. It was. And, yeah. And those guys loved coming on the old show. Oh, it was all fun. You know why? Because you made everybody feel good, just as you're doing now. Right. Uh, you're engaging. You're articulate. You have fun. Yeah. You know, you're, it's Ooh. just a blast you hear to this, be on. Carl? I, uh, I'm going to hang out with Shane and not you. Well, you should. He because... brings me down. Really? Well, first of all, Shane's very successful, and I think you need a little boost. Oh, Carl, <laughs> Carl's like effusive. I walked in, he's just like, he's larger yeah, than life, feeling nice. good. He's having yeah. a good time. I hope he's just angry. Well, that's the bourbon. Be, he like, makes believe he's a chef and stuff, and he's always oh, really? arguing Ooh. with me. No, he's I, he's I, like oh, those oh. fake chefs. Like, you no, know? I'm a good cook. Now, wait. Are you a true chef, or like are you talking like grill? Uh, there's a big distinction. My grill game is really good. Okay, because a lot of people confuse the two. It's I, not good. No, I crush okay. it on the grill. Really? What do you mean you crush yes. it? All you eat is like tofu and chicken fingers, bro. You don't do that. You don't eat really? hot dogs, hamburgers. Hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? You it's joking, but hot dogs and hamburgers are hard to to cook on a grill. Most people don't really know how to no, do it. They dogs, overdo them, or they burn the hot dogs, or they get the wrong hot dogs. No, the hot dogs you burn. Like, when I see somebody get hot, like, oh, I'm cooking hot dogs on the grill, and they're skinless, I'm like, you're the dumbest person I've ever seen. You need a little char, that's what you're saying. a little char, yeah. I burn the little... shit out of my hot dogs. <laughs> okay. On purpose, though. Yeah. Oh, good. That's good. Oh, yeah. And then I keep my hamburgers pink in the middle. Okay. See? Yeah, yeah, man. All right, so Shane. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the time uh, you called in with Dice? I do. Yeah, because. Yeah, uh, that was funny. Shane McMahon. Shane O'Mac is Shane. What's happening? We're, we're talking to Dice live from L.A. Hey, what's up, Dice? Shane, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm over here, here now. What are you doing? Shane. Go ahead. I can't hear you. Yes, okay, what the hell? <laughs> don't, don't worry. You're Shane. Yo. Shane. Yes. Talk to me. <laughs> what are you doing? Talk to me. Just use their phone lines and their bill. <laughs> Yeah, we were trying to promote some big wrestling event, and we had Dice. I think Dice was in. 
uh, whose birthday? It was your birthday. It was my birthday. Yep. Hey, Jay. Happy yeah. birthday, OP. Hey, thanks, Jay. Oh, you had to call in for my birthday. We did that to big stars, and I felt like ah. such an asshole. And that wasn't my idea, but then you have all the big celebrities call on your birthday, and it makes you look like you're a big shot. Right. But Shane was cool enough to actually do it. Dice called in. And, and, and then, Shane, you couldn't really talk because Dice was all about it. It was all over the place, yeah, just back and forth. And I remember uh, one thing, um, part of a shtick was obviously it gets on guys and whatever. And I was like, all right, I'll just let this guy. It's not my first rodeo. I'll just let him go on and gone. And he's funny. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of this, you know, first and foremost. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, he just kept going. And he goes, Shane, hello, you know, that type of stuff. And there was silence. <laughs> I, I said, they said, hey, what's going on? I said, Hold on, this is, this material is so good. I'm just taking notes, and you guys all burst out laughing. <laughs> I just remember that one little line is zinging back, you know. And then I got right back into promoting the show that we were doing. I think he was trying to tell you how you should have sex with your wife. Really? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, I don't remember that part. And, no, that's why your line works so oh, well. Oh, is then, that what it was? Then it was silent. We're like, Shane, what are you oh, doing? Oh yeah, that's true. That's and, true. I and remember Shane now. Shane goes, yeah. I'm taking notes. Yes, that's why that, that whole thing was okay. funny because he's he's going in hard, See? telling you what you should be doing. And then, you know, you spun that and said, oh, I'm taking notes. He's the guy leaving the little, the little teddy bear with the card. <laughs> you lost me now. Shane, is this your first wife? Yes. Really? Did you go with any other girls before her? Actually, no. Really? Yeah. You friggin' idiot. <laughs> first one. So how do you know that she's the best? Because it's the only one I've ever had. That's stupid. You're on the road. You're in Illinois. Do you know what slobs are walking around that town? They're a trailer park. You yes. just bang the yeah. door open. Honey, I'm home. You bang the door open. <laughs> really? You take out the carrot stick, you start wiggling, they jump. <laughs> Hold on, I'm trying to write all this down. <laughs> yeah, just, just quick wits. Quick wits. going after dice. That would be terrifying. Oh. Really? He's a machine gun. Yeah, he is a machine. That is absolutely the truth. So I got to ask you, why did you leave wrestling for seven years? I never got the answer. Uh, Just time to do my own thing for a little bit. You know, just wanted to leave the nest and spread my wings. Right. Uh, One of the main things is really focus on my boys. So I have three sons. Right. And, you know, although I love WWE and my job, it is extremely intensive, you know, especially travel. Right. And I was doing both, you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera, and also, you know, running, you know, from a business standpoint, all the international business, um, consumer products, etc. So it became very taxing and very little time. So at that point, I wanted to really invest, you know, what I consider my greatest investment ever, which is time in my sons. Right. And I did that. And so now I'm still coaching football. Um, my eldest just started high school. Jesus. Yeah, he's 14. Wow. Um, yep. So... He's doing that. But there then, wasn't a falling out with the old man or anything? It was just no. time for you to like just take a break from that whole thing? Yeah, just take a break. Now I'm but, back in. But you disappeared. I mean, a lot of people didn't hear from Shane McMahon for, I think it was seven years, right? Yeah, that was by, that was by design. Were you uh, traveling the world? Where were you? No, I was here in New York. I mean, I live here in New York. And again, just spending a lot of time with my family. And you, just ha- you were able to hang low like yeah. that? Well, I did um, a bunch of other businesses um, right. that I got involved with and I'm very proud of. And still, I think they'll come come to fruition here very shortly. So oh, that's been a lot of fun doing all that. And, right. You know, and then once you start expanding, you do one, then you do another, and they become like little pet projects that then start to become businesses, which then take an immense amount of time. Then you have to get more and more people to be involved with them, et cetera. Right. I, I respect that. Because you could have yeah. just stayed with the family business the, the whole way. I mean, and, and you didn't even have to work. 
Let's be oh, honest. Yeah. You never had to work a day in your life it's, if, it's, if you it's, chose that path. I, you know, it's, but it's, you were it's brought in up. Your blood, it's in your blood. I it's mean, true. your dad is a, some phenomenal businessman. Thanks. And that comes down the, that comes down the road. You can't sit still. It's, it's, it's yeah, in but your I blood. Think, yeah. I think it was how he was raised, though. Yeah, but you have to still do it. Like, you could raise a kid to be a chef, but if the kid's an idiot, it's not going to be a chef. Like, you have to have that. Well, but how Sometimes do you... you see, like, one kid has it, and then the other kid's like... But you're crying dad, in the corner on heroin. You but know? your dad's pretty much a billionaire. How do you how do you teach your kid to have like drive like Shane McMahon I'm saying it's has. built in. It's built in. He looks at being a billionaire different than a regular kid looks at. It's just either you have it or you don't. I see it in my business all the time. Like you'll see the son of a chef, and you look at him. You're looking at his at, at his dad. He's got the same hands and right. the same drive. And then you look at the other kid, and he's pant waist, just crying in the. Well, corner. then you got other kids that. Absolutely, take advantage of it. They don't right. have any drive of their own, and they're just going through life lost. You're built. You remember, you're half that dude anyway. You know what I mean? So yeah. some of them have it, and I see it all the time in my business. In every layer of my business, I see it. like winemakers. You know, great winemakers. I'll have one kid that's, I don't care what you did, Dad, and he opens his own little vineyard, and yeah. next thing you know, he's ginormous, right? Because yeah. it's it's built in. Well, but what's cool about Shane? So he goes into the family business and. You went into the family business. You could have taken the easy route, but you were in some of the craziest wrestling matches ever. Yeah, that actually happened by accident. Um, you know, because again, I was always behind the camera, and uh, both from a business standpoint and then production standpoint. So I was a production brat growing up, and right. it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then one day, the storyline kind of called for me to be in front of the camera, and it caught fire. Right. So, and then we just ran with it. So that's how I started getting in to some of these matches. And, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, I heard you mention Andre the Giant as I was walking in. Um, that was one thing that, you know, I always wanted to be Andre the Giant's tag team partner. And, you know, I told my dad, I go, look, I'm going to be I'm going to grow up to be big like him, not small like you. You know, okay. a little kid. You know, that's how they got got me as a digression to eat my vegetables for like years. So you got to get to eat your vegetables. You'd yeah. be big, big like Andre. Uh, obviously, lo and behold, he's a giant, and that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was um, a little obtainable. Uh, a little up, yeah. So I always had uh, always had the passion to be in there because I was always around the business. I've been going to events since I've been two years old. So there's always a part of me that wanted to be a performer. Just never thought it would come to fruition because my grandfather, who really started ww always started wwwf at the right. time um you know you know was much more of separation of church and state you know you had office and then you had talent so don't cross the line um and then again right scenario happened we crossed the line and um and then again it caught fire so then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have one match. So I'm like, let me throw it all out there. You know, I thought I'd have one match. One good match. One good match. Wow. Like, all right, let me get this out there. It'd be awesome. So I kind of like threw in the kitchen sink and everything else. And then that worked. And then where do you go from there? So you got to keep upping it, kind of right. upping the game. And then, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, kind of get known for some of those you know, more throw caution to the wind type things, you know, fly through the air. And, and it gets every, progressively worse. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not, you know. Or it's, better. It's not the flight. It's the sudden stop that usually gets you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I got to say. That's I, funny shit. <laughs> I can relate to this, and I'll tell you why. That's how I felt uh, the, the Opie and Anthony show was when we got fired the first time. We started doing some of these stunts like, eh, let's just do this crazy stunt to create talk, and then we'll get more people to listen. But then these people were like, well, what are you going to do next? And we always felt like we had to top ourselves, and it got to a point where we had couples having sex in a church, <laughs> and we blew up the whole fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. But but just like you, but that I, was just because that guy didn't hit the dump button. 
Oh, well, I mean, we could get into that another day, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely, to be honest with you. But I can relate to you because it's like somewhere along the way, we never felt like we we could stop all that. And it sounds yeah. like you were feeling the same shit. Yeah, just more of my own internal stuff that I always wanted to, you know, uh, I wanted to do better and I wanted to always leave, you know, you know, our fan base was something memorable and I wanted to be proud for myself. I was just like, I'm going to do this one time. So that's how I always approach it again, because I grew up as a fan right? and I know what I would like to see. And so that's now part of my character. And now every time I'm in a match, I try to deliver the best possible experience for, for them because they really are the ones who make it all go around. Yeah. Um, Cause without fan base and them appreciating the product, then there's none of us. Right. Did did your parents ever step in and go, yo, oh you don't God. have to go this far, Shane? Yeah, they did. Um, one time. Uh, Especially your mom, I would assume, would be like. Oh, my mom and, and my wife, Marissa, were one day, oof. So um, one of the things, I, I was in the big show. So this is when I did one of those stunts that you were talking about. And I was, I don't know how high I was, 50 feet or something. And, you know, at the end, I was going to, and I dropped an elbow on the big show. Um and I told my wife before, you know, I said, look, you know, camera angles make things look so much bigger. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it says, you know, the camera puts on 10 pounds, you know. And I said, so it's going to look really high, but it's not that bad. Yeah. She's like, okay. You know, because I never tell her, you know, pretty much. I don't try, I try not to tell her too much. Yeah, right? of course. Um, you know, uh, that's a whole nother topic yeah. we'll get into. Um, so this was early on, you know, obviously in her marriage and. I was like, okay, so I did it, made it, um, and then I called her. She goes, well, I'm very happy you're safe, and then she was so mad. She wasn't talking to me, so I sent flowers. I found those in the garbage. <laughs> Everything was just, I mean, she was PO'd. Uh, Mom is very similar, too, where she cringes. She she yells at Dad, and then Dad kind of you know, circumvents and, you know. Gets, ah, give gets, me a break. Yeah, give me a <laughs> he break. He knows what he's doing. Exactly, God damn it. exactly. Linda. <laughs> Linda. Linda, please. <laughs> we ain't raising a pussy boy. <laughs> so, yeah, but my dad, uh, my dad on one, um, I had a match with Kurt Angle. Um, yes. This was probably early 2000s. Yes. And, you know, it was one of the kind of first of its kind, and we went through a whole lot of stuff. Um, and after that, you know, my dad basically didn't talk to me for a little bit. And he was, because he was so concerned. That's when he went from obviously being the chairman, the CEO, to just being a father. And you watch your you watch your son go through that. Yeah. And he was going out of his mind, supposedly, and as he told me this after, he almost came out three or four times to stop it. Really? Yeah, which really? totally would have killed the whole match, you know. Right, right, I mean, right. I've been like, "What are you doing?" You know. Um, and what he was got, that? Which which match was that again? Just uh, Kurt Angle for took perspective. King of the Ring was. But what were some of the things you guys were doing that was so? Insane oh, Kurt that, and well, Kurt, you know, is obviously an Olympic gold medalist, and yeah. the storyline and a little hazy for me now. But the storyline was that I interrupted his Olympic ceremony and all the other stuff. So we uh, eventually, you know, grew into this match, uh, and. What Kurt did to me, like he was so irate that one of the things, because it was a, you know, no no holes barred, she can go anywhere through. So we went towards the back, and some of the stuff is he suplexed me. Uh, so he suplexed me through this big glass wall. Uh, but when he did, um, this this was kind of a, this was obviously a, a faux pas. I was supposed to go hit, you know, and go through. Well, the glass that they had put in there was... Um, 
different and stronger glass. It was much more of like glass that goes into your windshield. So you could think about how thick wow, that is. Wow, right, right. You know, instead of, you know, more uh, a candy glass type thing that's supposed to break. And the reason they did that is because of all the pyro that was going off all the night. So we need something sustainable. But they weren't thinking that a human being has to go through this. So wham, I hit. Oh, no. The first I went whack. And it was just like a cartoon. I went poof. And I went straight down at my head. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, around the concrete. And I was like, do it again. Boom, he did it. And then uh, finally, I was like, I was like, you Olympic. What can we say on this show? Say pussy, because that's That's what you want to say. That's what I was going to say. It's like, you Olympic (laughs) pussy. I can't believe you ever. He goes, what? Finally threw me through. Went through it. Then we did it again, coming back, and it was the same thing. Um, oh and what, So it took three times. I mean, we were both a bloody mess, and uh, so that was just part of the, that war and epic battle that we had. But my dad, again, was freaking out, and supposedly you know, he could communicate with the ref. Um, so he was telling the referee certain things. And the ref was trying to tell me, and you know, I'm kind of looking at him, and the referee is going, he's talking, and kind of, kind of hearing him, kind of not hearing. It's like, it's like Charlie Brown talking for a little not bit. Just four plate glass. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm like, listen, buddy, I'm a little dazed right yeah, now. Exactly. So my dad thought I was disrespecting him by not listening to the call by the chairman to kind of, you know, slow this thing down. Wow. So that's why he became uh, even more irate and got more. So it was the one thing where you know afterwards I was like, oof. So Kurt, Kurt broke his tailbone on um, in that match, and then afterwards I had uh, Kurt's from Pittsburgh, so I got us one of his favorite beers, uh, Iron City Light. Iron City. So we're, so we're sitting there in the back in the trainers room, all I mean, just banged up and high fiving each other. <laughs> and one of the highlights, and I've said this in the past, one of the highlights of our careers, we're both like, that was amazing, it was so awesome. And I went from the highest of highs and had adulation from all the boys, which is the ultimate. Sure. respect you can get right. you know on the inner circle and so i was just like oh my god i was so moved i, I was high as a kite from that standpoint and then went, again from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows as i turned a corner and there's my wife marissa just crying oh, you know because she just witnessed 30 minutes of brutality you know and not knowing anything she doesn't know if i'm okay she just witnessed like everybody else and i went oh so that's the right. ebbs wow. and flows. So it was heavy, man. It was that's heavy. why. I, that's why I always laugh when people go, "Wrestling is so fake." Yeah. Uh, yeah granted, there's storylines and it's fake, but you guys are really taking real hits and bumps, and and it gets pretty dangerous in there. Oh yeah. You know, as as we know over the years from some of the injuries that have occurred. Oh, I mean, it happens in anything. Right. These are giant dudes, though. Uh-huh. I mean, you get hurt just if I just mess around with them for five minutes, you'll get hurt. You're big guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's some big boys. And, even and they're the, flying even through the air. That's going to hurt one way or another. Well, I mean, one of the keys, you know, again, think about it. We're an action adventure series where everybody does their own stunts. Right. Um, and you you try not to hit in the face because then that's really going to do damage. You can't think about where you're going the next thing. But everything else, you know, I mean, you look at a clothesline, to your point, you got a lot of inertia coming, right. speed, big guys. You know, clothesline. We have a demonstration uh, afterwards, so I'm going to show you. It's going to be awesome. I love that. Let's do that in the middle of Times Square. No, we do it right here. It's going to be awesome. But that's that's a very serious thing. But slams, suplexes, and, you know, what people just don't realize, they're like, like, what does a ring feel like? I said, well, go out in your backyard, jump up in the air, and land flat on your back. It doesn't rip you up like concrete, but that's pretty much it. Right. 
you know, and that's very jarring. So imagine throwing yourself back in that whiplash and slammed, and uh, it takes an immense toll on your body. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Okay, let's pause for just a moment so we can go to our sponsor, Purple Mattress, which is purple.com. And just for the record, we apologize to Purple if we go off brand a little bit. But keep in mind, we are giving you a four-minute spot here. Greg. So what do I... Uh... Is this the one for the... Uh, what are you doing now? MySpace? These guys really, really know how to pump in the big guys in here. <laughs> AOL email. <laughs> are we doing AOL email? <laughs> how sad would that be? Oh, my God. That we try to bring back AOL <laughs> with live reads on our podcast. <laughs> you don't know what you're missing. Let me tell you. It tells you actually in English that you have mail. <laughs> you have mail. Oh, that's pretty close. That was close. You have mail. I could be the new voice of AOL. How great would that be? Not a hard gig to get. Just <laughs> no. Call him up. Have Mikey harass him like he did Shane McMahon. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the Purple Mattress Company. That's right. Did you spend the night tossing and turning? Yep. You did. I toss and turn a lot because I'm fat. I got to get you a purple mattress. Hook it it up, would be uh, perfect for the creepy cabin. Do they mail it? Uh, I would assume they mail it to your house. Sure. Me, meet my cousin at the corner. I don't want anybody in the driveway. And then it says talk conver- conversationally about how pain or stress keeps you up at night. Oh, let's talk. So, hey, okay. Carl. Yeah. Does pain and stress keep you up at night, just, making you toss and turn in your old mattress? Funny that you mentioned that. Yes. It does? Yes. You need a purple mattress, my friend. Or a couple purple pills, and I get knocked out. I don't even make it to the bed. Add a personal example. I've been waking up with a stiff neck and back pain. That's because you ride on the back of motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> or... I spent way too much on a mattress and still don't get a good night's sleep. Mattresses are highway robbery. I actually like their examples as much as I'm goofing there. So uh, not with purple, man. They, they got this whole thing figured out. If you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a purple mattress. Purple company history. Reasons to believe. Least important section. Cut if needed. Oh, right. Cut. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're like rocket scientists or something, so I think it's kind of cool. They know what they're doing as far as building a mattress. What makes it so good? Well, Carl, the purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses this brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. Rocket scientist? Yes, a rocket scientist. He shouldn't be sleeping. He should be (laughs) fixing rockets. They crash all the time. I mean, he lost his job at NASA. <laughs> he said, you know what? Let's start building mattresses. Uh, mattresses are a, are a very big deal. I travel a lot. Yeah. And uh, people are like, oh, Carl, why do you use expensive hotels? It's because of the mattress. Yeah. Like cheap hotels, the mattress. You they wake don't up, believe in it. You can't perform. Yeah. The next day, like, you know, I'm uh, I'm beat up. No, Purple Mattress, they, uh, they understand all that. And their mattresses aren't like the memory foam ones we're used to. I hate memory foam because sometimes... Things from the inside come on the outside, and you can't get them out of the memory foam. They get sticky poo. Oh, I thought you were going to go down the road of uh, memory foam, telling you what you did last night. <laughs> and you're like, oh, boy, oh my God. I need a shower. My mattress is called the cops and my mom. <laughs> boy, I sure hope Purple Mattress has a sense of humor. No, man, the purple material feels very unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time, so it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it sleeps very cool. 100-night risk-free trial. How cool is that, Carl? Don't tell my family that. They'll be returning that 99 days. <laughs> 
Yeah, that would suck if you did that to a fine company like there's Purple There's people Magic. that do that. They do that crap? You know what? They got to really be confident in their product to do that. Like, there's a there's a couple of companies that have done it, and, and if it works, it works. Yeah, no, they, they know you're not going to give the mattress right. back. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund, backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping, and returns. Oh, there you go. That's what I wanted to know. You're going to love Purple. I'm getting Carl one of these, and right now, my listeners... Our listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text. You got to text. Listen up. Just text OPIE, O-P-I-E, to 474747. The only way to get this free pillow is to text OPIE, O-P-I-E, to 474747. That's OPIE to... Four seven four seven four seven. Thank you, Purple Mattress. You got mail. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just uh, I. I, I hope uh, Joey leaves all that in. That's kind of fun. Yeah. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Eighty-three weeks with Eric Bischoff. Everybody at this point probably knows Jeremy more for his TNA contributions than WCW. But him being on camera, sort of as a second for Vince Russo. I guess I just blocked it out. But he's all over this show. There's a reason you blocked it out. Yeah. Subconsciously, you're trying to protect your sanity. That's what that is. 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. Free, free. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Opie Radio. What the fuck? The Opie Radio Podcast. What the fuck is he talking about? I'm confused. No, I make fun. Uh, we were talking to uh, Bruce Pritchard and uh, Conrad. And I, I got to ask you about this because... When he was writing for the WWE, he swore that uh, they were trying to work a story. Who, who was working the storyline? Vince, right? It was Vince's idea, your dad, uh, where he wanted a, an incest angle with you and uh, Stephanie. And I think, was it Bruce that stepped in and was like, yo, we just can't do this. Do you have any memory of this? He told this story and we were laughing so hard. Well, my sister's hot. I don't know if I really would have minded that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you got a new fan here, Shane. <laughs> I'm going on Amazon. I'm buying a Shane poster. <laughs> Who's my favorite wrestler? Shane. Period. Uh, no, I never heard. I never you got heard. my fucking attention. <laughs> never heard that one. I never heard that one. But uh, but I got to go back to Bruce. Was he bullshitting us? No, I doubt it. But because well, I mean, I'll tell you one that I that I personally said absolutely no to, and my dad says, "All right," and my mom was involved in some stuff, and. Um, and my dad says, all right, and then you come up, and then you're going to slap your mother. And I went, no. And he went, well, for you. he goes, yeah. I said, Dad, I can't, I'm not going to hit my mother right. ever. Right. I said, I had a hard time hitting you, and you're my dad. I never <laughs> raised a hand to you. You know. Yeah. That became easier when he punched me in the eye. I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, well. <laughs> um, but no, I couldn't do that to my mom. But I never heard the... The, the incest angle. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Oh, I can't wait to get Bruce back v- on the podcast. Veto. Veto. Definitely yeah, supposedly veto. he came to Bruce. I'm going to call him right after the show. Yeah. Call up call up Bruce if you can. Let's get him on his speakerphone. Because I want to I want to hear his side of that. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's too funny. <laughs> Did you, uh, you hung out with Andre the Giant when you were a kid? Yes. So how old were you when he was, you know, in the, in the prime of his career? Oh, I, well, I grew up. You know, I kind of live rock and roll. So um, WrestleMania one was nineteen eighty five. So I was fifteen. So the wow, glory years. How cool is that? Man, it was awesome. So you got to think eighty five to, you know, and I got married when I was twenty six. So eighty five. Um, 
Wow. You know, up until 2005, I had an amazing, <laughs> amazing I time. Imagine. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, all, you know, you see, you know, everyone talks rock and roll and everything else. And right. WWE is a combination of all of it. It's athletics right. and rock and roll and everything put together. And it's uh, especially at that time. Also, yeah. in the 80s, were were crazy. Pretty wild. We all uh, had some time in the 80s. You're calling him? Okay. You're to call cool. Bruce? Good. Uh, you have any good Andre the Giant stories? Did you see the documentary, first of all? I did. I was, did you think they did a good job with his life? Uh, I thought they did a good job. I wanted, I mean, that could have been a, a six-part miniseries. I was kind of bummed that it was so short. Me I really, too. I really thought they could have done a lot more. They had, I mean, they had so much more material. But, you know, HBO is, you know, they have all the, all the specs on what works and how much time people would pay attention. They really have it down to a science. They did a very good job with it. Um, but, again, I thought there was so much more they could have done. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the one thing is Andre was he lived life, and he always, always had fun. Um, one of the things that I believe was omitted um, when, when I did my interview that didn't make the show was Andre, you know, he, he lived by a code. And that's why he called everyone boss. And even though he was the man uh, in the locker room, but he was very respectful. And um, as long as you fell in line and were respectful and you paid your dues and you did all that stuff, then he was good with you. Right. But if you were a cut up or a screw up or things like that and you started doing stuff, he would set you straight. Um, here's one Andre the Giant story. So this big dude, okay, six hundred, uh, no, three hundred pounder, six foot six. Guy's name was Blackjack Mulligan. Sure, I don't know if you remember that name. So Blackjack was a real tough guy. I mean, badass tough. And you know he'd been he'd been eyeing Andre for a while. Andre loved to play cards. All of a sudden, Blackjack just got pissed off and was looking around and building up whatever was in his head for a while. Went over to Andre. Andre was sitting in a chair. And Andre was almost, you know, uh, he was probably six feet tall sitting in a chair Jeez. because his torso was wow. so long. I mean, he was huge. I mean, you have no idea the, how massive his head, hands. I mean, this is truly a giant. And Blackjack, all of a sudden, right from the side, Andre's dealing cards, sucker punch. I what? mean, just a, just a straight right hand. Whack. Uh, this was told to me because I was younger. And then uh, look, Andre looks up and he goes, holds his jaw for a second and says what'd you do that for that big booming voice and then andre went whoom, underneath backhand sitting in the chair knocked blackjack off his feet over the table um behind him wow superhuman free 300 pound man sure. freaky wow freaky but my I best stuff with andre is drinking because of the legendary stories about him drinking. Yeah. And is it true? I mean how much how many beers would he knock down in a night? Oh, he, easy case. But I heard like a hundred. Well, it's he, right. he can do it. I'm saying easy case, right? Like, no problem. But right. he, if he was that, depends how it depends how long the night was, right? You know, and you got to remember a beer in Andre's hand. Yeah, I've looks like a picture. picture. Pictures, yeah. It looks like a little pony. Yeah, yeah. eight ounces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, or a six ounce in our hands. You know, we put it around and be like, oh, it's so cute. Because think about it, it's just like, yeah, done for a giant. Was he, he a drunk? happy drunk? Was he a happy drunk or was he a yes. mean drunk? No, thank God. He was I know. <laughs> you know, can you imagine? You know, and Andre loved the ladies, you know, or loved the attention, uh, that. And uh, dug a lot of, the guys had to kind of earn, like I said, earn the respect to kind of be around him. Yeah. Um, and there was this one poor guy. His name was Big John Studd. Sure. Yeah. Big John, yeah, you're talking about my guys. Big John right? Studd, yeah, we're all the same era. Yeah. So Big John Studd was big, big, huge guy, you know, uh, six foot ten, you know, Three high threes, right. you know, 
huge guy, and Andre didn't like anyone being close to being the giant. So um, Big John Stubb would, you know, became petrified of Andre because you can imagine if this guy is actually angry at you, uh, what's going to happen? Right. Yeah. And, you know, you snap your neck like a chicken. I mean, right. it doesn't matter if you're 6'10", 3". Andre was that freaky. Uh, and I remember one time Big John Stud just said, Andre is so mad at me, he's going to kill me. He didn't want to go to the ring. He didn't want to do anything because he had to face Andre and all this stuff. So um, basically, Andre is the reason Big John Stud, that's what they call ran him off. He got so scared that he just like, I can't, t- I can't take the stress. No kidding. Wow. Can't take the stress. Did the ladies really like Andre, or was it more of a freak show? I, I, you know, I, I don't and, know. And I apologize. I don't because I know you were close to him, but I would assume no, no, a lot fine. of women they would want to have sex with Andre. Because why are you going to be a hater on Andre like that? He's not hating. I, that's okay. I, I, Andre was what? That's okay. Probably now, got more f- girls than you. Well, yeah, because he's because <laughs> <'cause laughs> he's a fucking giant. <laughs> well, here's 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 the one thing that of I course. witnessed. <laughs> yes. The thing the thing that I witnessed, and you know what I call Andre handsome? No. What I but he was very engaging, and then around certain ladies, um, you know, then he starts speaking French and he becomes the Frenchman. And all of a sudden, it's like they're like, Oh, you know, and then he changes, and they're like, This the personality is like, Come here, come over here, mon chéri, you know, like, yeah, I'm not giving you my mic, and it's uh. It's pretty cool. And then it didn't hurt that he had a fire hydrant in his pants. Either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what, you never know. It's going to be, you know, the giant. Can you imagine if he had a tiny one? <laughs> that would be the greatest. That would be the greatest. That would be the greatest ever. It's such peanut. an oxymoron. Andre the Giant. <laughs> I, uh, that doc- sure it is. That documentary, though, really depressed me because how he had to travel, I had no idea. Right. They were talking about how he had to shit in, like, buckets and stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Walk he, couldn't really, he couldn't really sit on a toilet. He couldn't fit. So, like, they, so mm. they would set up because uh, these guys were flying to Japan, all these really long flights, mm-hmm. and they would set up, uh, I think the documentary said, like, shower curtains, and they had a bucket just yeah. for Andre because he couldn't fit in the, uh, the airplane the bathroom. bathrooms. He would have to. That makes sense. That makes sense. Isn't that insane? He's a but, big dude. I mean, they obviously, they, they showed him respect, but that's how he had to go through That was uh, tough. And, and if they ever lost his bag, it was the worst. He'd be like, because then there was no big and tall. Even if there is big and tall, they don't have a 22-size shoe. And, right. You know, and how, I mean, it's 500 pounds. Right. That's I thought he was big, 500 pounds. And then he had to dude. sit in a regular airplane seat. What was his yeah. height? His official like, height. 7'4". 7'4", 500. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, at towards the end, he was 500. You can't stop it. Actually, like towards the end, he was like 550. A guy like that coming at you, it's just, it's over. Forget it. It's I didn't realize. He had an 11-inch wrist. I mean, if he tripped over you, he can hurt you. Like, if he fell on you, it'd be oh like a piano. 11-inch yeah. wrist. 11-inch wrist. Think about that. Jesus. And uh, I didn't I'm re- 6.5. I didn't realize how young he was yeah. when he died. Yeah. I just assumed he was a, a, a much older guy. And at the end of his career, he was uh, he could barely walk, and he was still wrestling for your dad. That was tough. Um, but no one knew that. Like, he pretty tough. much had a walker. Andre actually had a back surgery. My dad flew... Um, Flew and you saw a documentary. Flew to France to talk to Andre. Says, "Look, I got a dream. I want to do this biggest event of all time." Um, which we just recently broke uh, the attendance record when we did um, WrestleMania from Dallas. But right. up until that point, WrestleMania three was Pontiac Silverdome, ninety three thousand one hundred seventy three wow. people, and it was Hulk versus Andre. Yes, and that was just awesome. But so my dad went to Andre was uh, filming The Princess Bride said you know hey boss i got a 
got an amazing opportunity. I want you to be a part of it. And Andre got the surgery, um, which is also interesting because the anesthesiologist was so scared to death because he literally gave him yeah, enough a- drugs that would knock out a pony. And, <laughs> and, and he's like, I just don't know because we're in a different realm here. I've never experienced this. We're not sure if this is going to work. Is basically well, he's what, out, but yeah. do you, how do you keep him out? You don't want a giant waking up, you know, some yeah, right, right. like my was cutting my back and kill everyone. Right. Um, you know, or obviously hurt himself. Right. So, yeah. I never thought of the logistics. To, going back to that. the life of a giant. So anyway, then Andre lived at my house. Well, he lived at a hotel, but he came to my house every day, um, and that's where he, you know, started training because my dad has a weight room in the house, a pretty extensive one, and started really rehabilitating his back to get ready for WrestleMania three. Man, what pretty kind cool. of car would he fit in? A van. We had the Andre van. That's what we called it. He couldn't drive. No, he was driven. Yeah, but I'm saying even if he wanted to, he couldn't fit into a regular car. Even in the 80s, he could. could. No, I think he had cars where he he pretty much was sitting in the back seat to drive drive the car. A lot of times he'd take the front seat out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like Police Academy, High Tower. They rip the, <laughs> high Tower? Yeah, like ripping out. <laughs> I haven't thought of that, yeah. dude. That's awesome. You got Bruce on there? <laughs> Hold on. Oh, you got Bruce? Oh, let's see. Hello. Hey, Bruce, it's Opie. It's uh, the Cuban, and we got Shane McMahon. How are you, buddy? I am absolutely excellent. We're with Shane, and I, I brought up the time when you were on my podcast and we were talking about Vince McMahon was coming up with that incest uh, uh, storyline, and Shane doesn't remember it. Shane wasn't on the call, but it was it was during the time that Stephanie was, was pregnant and Vince was trying to figure out if he could write that into storyline. <laughs> <laughs> the plot thickens. It was an entire Sunday was an entire day of my life that I will never get back. <laughs> awesome. I've been there, but yeah, I didn't know that one. And when Opie just mentioned it to me, Bruce, I was like, you know, it never got to me, so I'm thankful thankful you killed it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's always, that was always one of the things. It was like whenever he'd come up with crazy stuff like that, it would be like, oh, well, who's going to let Shane know? Not Thing is, we were all on the phone and going over everything, and it was a classic Vince. What if I was the father? Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> oh, God. And nervous laughter because no one thinks he's serious, and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. That'd be funny. Oh, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. And it became, well, what if? <laughs> awesome. Oh, God. He actually wants. To, he actually needs to discuss this. <laughs> right. Sick. Exhaust everybody. Sometimes he just does it for his own amusement, as you're aware. I would imagine. Yeah, uh, Bruce, uh, we we got you on a, a speakerphone, so I got to let you go. But I, I definitely wanted to get that in real fast. Hey, no worries, man. Uh, nice to talk to you guys, and I will uh, hopefully see all of you guys soon. Yeah, Have we'll do one. this uh, more professionally in the near future. Yes, I hope sure as heck hope so. Shane back, I love you. Same here, buddy. I'll give you a call after. Oh, oh uh, give me one question I should a- uh, ask Shane before you leave. One really yeah. good one that you wouldn't okay. ask him in person, but you could uh, ask <laughs> on the phone. Well, you should you should ask, you should ask him about uh, the time that he chose to get his ear pierced and show his dad his new earring. <laughs> That? That's what you come up Boo. with? Boo. Everyone's booing him? <laughs> Boo. That's not really that fun. <laughs> what, was your dad disappointed? Uh, thanks, Bruce. We're going to let you go. We'll See you, talk buddy. Soon. Was he disappointed you got your ear pierced? Uh, well, I didn't. Um, so, you know, I, this is 
gosh, ninth grade, U2 was pretty big. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know, and um, Billy Idol was hot, you know, and I was just like, all right. I was like, I kind of like this because no one had it at that time, and I wanted to, you know, obviously be a little more rebellious. But. Yeah. So I said, hey, I'm going to get my hair pierced. He's like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> I went, wow, okay, you know, and I was just like, wow. He says, don't ever do that. I was like, okay. So then um, – so then he was on the road one day and I kind of got my mom in it. So that's why my dad got so upset. Um, and I got one of those clip-ons that really look good. Was yeah. it the chain one? Yeah, yeah. I had one. Yeah, see? Right. Fucking sick, bro. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Look good, yeah? Yeah. It hurt after a while. I had my so Capizios heavy. on. The nice. Chain. I look The Jabros. Yeah. yeah, the Jabros. <laughs> Z Cavaricci. Yes. Come on. My generic color shirt. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Members only in the closet. Ah. Creased. Yes. <laughs> dude, we could have hung, dude. I knew how to dance and shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, make a It's not a. It's not God, a he must have looked like an Adonis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looked very different than you. Yeah. I looked like Shrek. With dance clothes on, <laughs> uh, so it's not about much of a story. But anyway, I, you know, um, my mom, I said, "Dad, I just want to let you know when you get back, you know, off the road." He's exhausted. I said, "I got my ear pierced." He goes, "Yeah, okay." I was like, "No, seriously." And I said, "You can even ask mom." And my mom didn't like my, my mom. I don't know if you ever met my mother. She is yeah. such a um, wonderful lady, and she is she's a do gooder. Like yeah. she's the school teacher mindset yeah. she always wants to make sure everyone's happy she always always wants to make a difference i mean that's truly who my mom is so she doesn't lie and she said well he does have something hanging off his ear so that wasn't a lie it was an equivocation of the truth yeah um i was like all right and so then all of a sudden my dad pulls up um in the driveway and i said hey man i came running out you know with the thing dangling around <laughs> you know i was like hey let me help you with your luggage whatever and all of a sudden he looks up he goes he goes, you had to do it, huh? You had to do it. You had oh, to also whoop, snatched it right out of my ear. Wow. So I was like, whoa. I was like, all right. Well, I'm glad it was a clip-on yeah. <laughs> because that oh, thing would have ripped it off. I th- well, he was, that thing was coming out he fast. He would have ripped it right out. Oh, yeah. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. Was he a strict parent? On uh, certain things, On yes. certain things like that, yeah. obviously. Certain things. Yeah, because, you know, again, it, it was just more of how he grew up. You know, yeah. strict Irish Catholic. You know, my grandfather was very strict Irish Catholic. Um so you don't, you know, you wouldn't even say things like, I love you. It was like, hey, you know, like affection yeah. was a pat on the head right. or something along yeah. those lines. Anyway, but my dad, you know, broke that mold a lot. And, uh, uh, but yeah, he was strict on certain things. Other things he wasn't, you know, it was awesome. But yeah, don't, it, once you knew you crossed the line, oh, wow. forget wow. it. It was God. A- I, I mean, I knew, quote, Mr. McMahon before anyone else did. Right. <laughs> oh, that's Why funny. are you kidding me? If he could fire me from being a son, he would <laughs> many times ago. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> You're fired from being, You're my, being son. my son. You're fired. Oh, my God. I put him through so many things. Did so, you guys know that The Rock was going to be as big as he became? My God. Um, no, but the, but he had it. He certainly did. You know, and... Um, when he first started, you know, it gave him what's called the big push because he had such a lineage. You know, um, Rock's grandfather, Peter Maivia, worked with my grandfather. Yeah. And Rock's dad, Rocky Johnson, worked with, you know, my dad. And, you know, the Rock and I, I remember meeting, we were young when we met, um, you know, little kids running around Madison Square Garden. And, um, of course, I was always faster than him. So he's always <laughs> looking at my, you know, rear view. I was right. looking at him in my rear view. So anyway, I'm sure hopefully that gets out to Dwayne. <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. It's true. Um, but then, you know, when you presented him as Rocky Maivia, um, you know, the hybrid of the two, and he came out with, uh, you know, more of the, 
um, traditional Samoan dress and just great energy and people just shit all over it. They're like, oh my God. They're like, die, Rocky, die. (laughs) Those were signs. People would say that. They were so, they just puked all over it. We're like, wow. And Rock, or Dwayne, I should say, was decimated, as you can imagine. Here he is, the lineage that he's carrying on his shoulders, and he wants everyone to be so proud, specifically his mom, um, who is uh, you know the daughter of you know Peter Maivia, uh, and just just carried such pride on that, and was just like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? And my dad's like, well, I know exactly what we're gonna do. We're gonna have a great time with this, and you know, die Rocky, die. Here it is. And then we started the process of him changing around. So he joined the Nation of Domination, That's led right. by Ron Simmons. Yes, uh, and then there he started getting his voice. So he cut his hair, got a little more cleaned up um and then that's when the gift of gab started happening and he got to speak a little bit more and you can see the star just rising there and then we used obviously all those guys from nation domination um to be like and ron simmons specifically because he was the leader put rock in his place and then people only like that suppressing so long because every time he grabbed the mic people start to react and then ron simmons would take it away from him. yeah everyone like boo <laughs> you know it's like let him speak right uh so that's really the evolution of how it started and then you know big credit to Dwayne specifically because <clears throat> everything that truly happens in wwe is a is a collaboration uh you have to have it the it factor you also have to put in a lot of your own thought and time to what that character is it's not just one way like here's yeah you know here it is a script on a piece of paper no actor looks at that and says oh, okay they figure out like johnny depp for example for pirates of the caribbean he's like all right how am i gonna play this character yeah he created that character out of the blue well like he, johnny depp but you know he how he did that it? Out. no i don't he, so his inspiration was keith, keith richards yeah keith richards oh, really? so his whole mannerisms yeah. and that's yeah, why yeah, keith was in like the third or fourth yeah, one oh, he's like his like father he's like who could be yeah. the kooky awesome pirate like what yeah. can i do so that became johnny depp's inspiration for that character um so rock again started thinking about how do i create this character what do i do and uh and then that's when it started with the 300 dollars shirt you know and like stuff that people, you know, like my entire, my wristwatch is more than you make in a year, yeah, you know, right. and that whole like stick it up your ass type thing. But he was backing it up with the gift of gab. So he was a villain or heel, as we say in our business and um, became obviously so popular. Then we just needed the the right pivot point to flip him the other way. And then that was it. And he took off. Took that was off. the that was the heyday for me. You know, the late 1990s, the early 2000s, yeah, the attitude and era. and. He would come out with that monologue, and at first it was five minutes, then it was ten. It got to a point where you didn't want to see any wrestling because he was just crushing it with that monologue. Right. How long would it be some nights? Like 20 minutes? Sometimes you go 15, 20. Right? And and that's what people don't realize. If if it's good, no matter what it is, you want to keep watching it, whether it's a match or a promo or whatever. As long as you're entertained... Then you're then you're entertained and having a blast, right? So the Rock thanks you for that. If you smell what the Rock is cooking, let me ask you a question. I don't care about names or anything like that. When you were young, did you ever hook up with any of the girl wrestlers? Like you, I don't care like about the names fabulous Moolah. I don't care uh, who they were. But. She's hot, man. Uh, uh, no, is the answer. We okay. definitely kept the. So they kept that line, right? 
I kept that line. Definitely. Oh, you did personally? Without question, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, plus back then, the female talent didn't look anywhere close to what it looks like now. Right. You know, I'm talking when I was a kid, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Like, yeah we're, we're the same age. Yeah, yeah young. Um, so, yeah, the talent was far different. I should have prefaced this telling you that I like ugly girls. <laughs> yeah, do you? <laughs> oh, I didn't think the whole question through. <laughs> oh, that's Carl's wheelhouse. <laughs> no. he, um, he, he likes them injured. My friend Robert Irvine was on the Food Network. His wife, Gail, she was a wrestler for a while. Yeah. And uh, I remember one time I was just messing around with her, and she, she hit Messing me. around how? What do you mean? Like, just like play wrestling, whatever, at the oh. restaurant. It was like okay. a bunch of chefs, and I was like, wow, you got muscles. And mm-hmm. she hit me this open face slap in the head. Yep. I couldn't hear for like an hour. <laughs> I was like, imagine doing this for real. Like, that's what it, it really hit me. Like, this is a girl wrestler. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't know where I was. And these dudes, I just, I'm like, how do they survive this year after year after year? It's yeah. crazy. It's like sports injuries. Sure. Well, that definitely uh, is. It's yeah. the same. I mean, the older guys are beat up, man. I know. I mean, I'm friends with Mick Foley. Yep. He's moving a little slower <laughs> these days. Fuck. Yes. But he put his body I mean, he through. really went to the extreme, though. He did it. I mean, yeah. He I, really I, went to the extreme. It didn't call for that. I'm not I'm not uh, putting this on the WWE, but, mm-hmm. man, he threw his body around. My God, man. He did. I mean, he did a bunch of stuff, especially uh, I've seen some of his stuff that he's done in uh, Germany and Japan right. and... You know, I mean, for small crowds, any even big crowds, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> like, dude, I'm like that is serious, serious taxing on the bot right there. That's why he loves playing Santa Claus. He wants to just forget about it. All. <laughs> he's done it. He's done it. Like, hats off to Mick. You know, hats yeah. off to him. He's done it. But now he's just happy being Santa Claus. He's obsessed with Santa Claus. <laughs> is he really? Where, uh, where's the WWE? Uh, where, where are you guys at with Hulk Hogan these days? Um, Are we getting close to a return? Give us a scoop here, Shane. No scoop. I need a little bump in this no podcast. Scoop. Give us a little something. That's today. Uh, that's a that's a VKM question and answered only by him, which would be Vince. I understand you what got that, that means. One. Yeah. I'm, I'm just studying your body language. It's the same. I think it's time. You I, think it is? I think it's time. Yeah. Mm, potential. For what? what would Hulk Hogan come back for what? Anything can happen in WWE. You know. Well, I mean, you know, he got uh, he got himself in some trouble, and WWE had to do what they had to do to kind of protect their interest, and uh, yeah. That's awesome. And now there's rumors that uh, you any know, whiskey or anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got some of the water. We can find some whiskey. Uh, what do you think about Hulk coming back? What else you got? <laughs> <laughs> I went to I went to a store in Orlando. Um, in Orlando, he has like his own Hulkamania store. It's pretty cool. Yeah, like all see all the belts. Yeah, and then his like stuff, and he has like a life size thing. Well, he's he's an icon, that's for sure. He, he was He'll be back. Man. Sure, I mean, I grew up. I mean, I grew up with Hulk. Hulk, Hulk, so. Hulk it's a Hulk Hogan, you know. Hulk, it's, I mean, he's, he's iconic. Yeah, yes. it's iconic. You know, he's he has surpassed that. I, he's on that different level of celebrity. It obviously p- sure. puts Shane in an uncomfortable position. I like this. No, no I, I'm I, not going to press though. But I, I would assume he comes back one more time. I would just simply, we could talk about Trump, something less uh, controversial. Less. <laughs> <laughs> what I, you know, there's the, the, like, there's, there's tons going on. Um, and specifically, you know, we're talking about the Attitude Era and everything else. And, right. you know, going back to the late 90s, um, I'm very happy to know that this Tuesday, SmackDown is celebrating yes. its 1,000th episode. How about that? That's 1,000th episode. That is amazing. The only other regularly scheduled um, show on cable TV that has that surpassed SmackDown is Monday Night Raw. Right. 
So we have so you hold number, the two spots. We hold the two spots, and it's just it's just going to continually grow yes. because we're we're live, you know, every week. I, I can't. And that's when they bring back some of the old guys. So and maybe, you'll see. And maybe Hulk Hogan you, comes hey. back. And like I say, <laughs> anything can happen in WWE. But, I mean, on that show specifically. I'm um, watching. It'll be. There'll uh, be a lot of surprises. The Undertaker will be there. Yeah. Uh, already advertised. Evolution. Yep. So you remember it was an Evolution. Triple H, Dave Batista, Randy Orton, and Ric Flair. Wow. Wow. That'd be cool. We have the return and action. Can I stop you for a second? How's, sure. how's Ric Flair doing these days? You know what? He's done an amazing turnaround. No kidding. Um, he was he was almost on his deathbed, and now uh, fast forward, he, I think he got married like yes. a month ago. Yep, crazy, right? Um, I, I never forget one of Rick's tweets, uh, tweet or Instagram. I forget, I forget right. what it was, and uh, something along the lines of "Not dead yet, not dead <laughs> yet, baby." Woo! <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, and that's just typical Rick. And I was like, "Good for you." I mean, all of us were scared to death for him. Yeah, um, and we're just like, "Oh my gosh!" But you know, this. He's turned that around, um, and you know, power to him. He's a tough dude. He came back strong. My yeah. favorite wrestler. Whatever happened to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? Um, he was working with us uh, on a agent, or what we call a producer standpoint. Right. Um, what a phenomenal talent, dude! He was, he was amazing. I mean, I was a kid, and I was like, "This dude's Ricky awesome." Yeah, he was. Like, he's just so athletic. I remember. I, I think he can do it now. Yeah. You know, I mean, when somebody's it's like Michael Jordan coming back, I think he can play now. Right. Um, you know, he was Ricky was that special to watch. He was my favorite. And I remember I had to wait because he, he didn't have a toy yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he was one of the few that I had, I had to wait for the second generation to get the toy. And, they, he, <laughs> and he finally got the oh, toy. They did? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my sons love doing, you know, um, playing the WWE video game. And yeah. I'll, I'll walk in and they're kicking the crap out of me. Whoever, <laughs> whoever they pick, they're beating me up. Oh, they're, they like, they're like, oh, they're like, yes. And then my little guy Rogan's eight. He's like, come on, don't beat up dad. You know, he's like, I'm like, that's on my son. Come over here. You know, oh, that's awesome. They kick the crap. That out must of make me. you happy though, man. I mean, I mean, for them, I mean, you know what rare, what a rare thing to have your kids be WWE fans and then you yeah. be part of it. That must be incredible. Well, that's how you're kind of like a real life superhero. Yeah. So it's uh, and you only really got the cool. three boys. Three boys kept so, kept going for the girl, but three boys. So you think one of them will go into the business to keep uh, keep it going? I don't know. Um, what's your what's your gut saying so far, or is it too too early to tell? If they go in, I hope personally it would be more on the business end. Um, that's to, that's what I was getting at. Just to just to. Because being a father, I can't imagine going to my son, all right, you know, yeah, get yeah. in there and mix it up. Now you know how dad felt when I, you were doing I it. I do. Right? I'm starting to understand yeah. all that now. I'm just like, oof. You know, I'm like, it's no big deal. He's like, yeah, wait till your dad. I was like, uh, now I do. Right. right. Um, it sounds like you're the type of guy you wouldn't hold him back, but you're kind of secretly hmm. hoping inside maybe they go a Dad's different know direction. how to hold things back, you know? Uh, you know, <laughs> they make my, things sour. My sons, all three of them are... They're wonderful kids, as I'm sure all dads will say, but they have that special it factor. They have large personalities. I mean, you should see them when they get in the ring just joking around when I take them to the shows. And, um, you know, they're doing flips. They're doing stuff. And if you ever saw my return was a couple of years ago yeah. in, in Dallas um, for WrestleMania when I took on The Undertaker. Yeah. And you and, walked with them. Yeah. And, that, and I'm sorry about, to, to jump no, ahead, right. but that was an amazing moment. Uh, walk us through that. Sorry. So about that. about 10 minutes before we went out, um, my wife Marissa brought the boys back and, you know, had a little pep talk with them as I, I did earlier. And I said, hey, guys, you know, I just want to just want to ask you guys something. Would you guys want to come out with me? 
And they were like, what? Like, are you serious? I was like, oh, yeah. I go, come on, you think you can handle it? I mean, it's only 103,000 people. I mean, you just want to come it out. It was electric. Man. It was awesome. So knowing that, I mean, talking about a highlight of my life, this is one of the highlights of my life, to be able, and once in a lifetime, true feeling, came out, my music hits, I pop out, you know, hit the shuffle and start, um, which is an homage to Muhammad Ali and Rocky Johnson. Yeah. Um, come out, do that. And then I say, wait a minute. And then out they come. And a lot of the fans have been seeing my sons, you know, through Instagram and vignettes. Uh, you know, they were my training partners getting ready. And they came out and I was like, oh, my God, look at these guys. They took to it like it was a boy band and we had rehearsed it. <laughs> I was they laughing. Took the spotlight away from that. Totally. I was just like, <laughs> right. like this is amazing. Blood. And it's so surreal because I'm like, uh, you know, A, I'm in my mind. I'm like, wow, I'm about to go get the crap beat out of me by the Undertaker. You're not going to go go to war here in a minute. And then I'm sitting there just watching this and, you know, looking at all the fans. And I'm so into watching them and the reaction I was just like, I was so proud. Uh, and then they came down, and I dropped them off uh, on the on the corner where my wife Marissa was. And I was like, what, what an amazing experience! Wow. And you know, again, that's a highlight of my life right. to do that with them. That was really special. And you know, you turned at least one of them onto doing it as a profession now. They talk about it. They talk about it. They love it. They do all type. They give me suggestions, you know, and like this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna call Pop because that's what they call my dad. Yeah. I'm gonna call Pop because I think that was crap. Or I love this thing, and this is what they should do. And then they'll call Pop or text them. They got it in their yeah. blood. Yeah, so, yeah. So they're gonna continue yeah. the family yeah, business. It's, oh, it's it's you know they are. Yeah, that's probably. I mean, because yeah. you guys want to keep it in the family, obviously. Yeah. Would you? Uh, well, my sister has three girls. She's know. got three girls. You got three boys. Three boys. I, I did she not know that. Girls. Yeah. I knew she had kids. I didn't know it was uh, three and her, girls. And her husband's obviously Hunter, Triple. Triple H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Levesque. So, and, uh, so who runs the company after the old man? Are you oh. guys fighting for that yet? No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Zero. I'm Wait, kidding. It was a dynasty. <laughs> Going back. <laughs> we could do our we could do our whole we have a JR. whole yeah, we'll have our whole new new uh reality show. Who gets it? They're tripping each right. other at family parties. Awesome. We're yeah, we're plotting it. Bruce Pritchard is Bruce is poisoning the punch. <laughs> I think this I'll answer the question. There's plenty to go around. Plenty. It's it's, it's uh it's a hell of an empire. Um what happened? Beers? Now we're drinking beers? I'm in. Well, I'm All right. Um, the beauty of the WWE business is you can continually build your storyline and your champion. Right. Whereas if you have the hottest champ of all time and all of a sudden he gets knocked out, you're like, oof, by right. someone who no one else wants to see. Yeah. Like they that can't. just happened. They that literally can't just wait. happened. You know? What with Khabib with McGregor and, and oh, no. Khabib? Khabib? Khabib's got some Khabib. Heat. No, but I mean he's McGregor's got heat. larger than life. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. in the fights like oh, but Khabib's twenty seven and oh. Yeah, we'll you see. want you want to see your champ fight a little harder than that? Like it sucked. What, you, you know what I mean? Really? Like, you thought I didn't enjoy fight? that fight? Wow. Oh my god! Really? I didn't enjoy it for all the shit talking I, McGregor did. I thought he was going to fight harder first, than that. It was the first wow. pay per view I bought in about a year. I, I was I'm buying not saying all of them for a while. The, the fight no. I was, was on a... my feet, like two inches from the TV, going "Holy shit!" as loud as I can. As my in-laws were, you know, mm-hmm. visiting I for my daughter's uh, birthday party. Yeah, and that's drunk. how the night ended. We all watched the fight. That uh, Shane, help me out. That thing was insane. It was late. I was probably drunk, <laughs> so you didn't enjoy it. Maybe I, didn't uh, I thought. I mean, I really enjoyed the fight. Right. Uh, I thought McGregor did an excellent job, uh, especially on his takedown defense, because that's, he's not known for that. He's, he's learned a lot. I don't think people give McGregor enough props. 
because that guy works extremely hard. Right. Um, did a lot to, you know, take away the takedown, you know, um, was stuffing. You know, Khabib is a badass wrestler. Yeah. McGregor stuffed him a lot, kept him away. The The mistake, and you can always look at hindsight, right. it's 2020, is McGregor should have let his hands fly a lot more to keep Khabib on the outside. Right. Um, and as, that was the traditional boxer you know, yeah. versus wrestler. But McGregor landed some big shots. But, you know, you have to also give kudos to Khabib. I mean, he's a badass. Um, got in there, did exactly what he said he was going to do. Um, just tied McGregor up and then just ground squeezing him those legs. That's it. Where, where Conor McGregor can't get loose. Yeah, that well, that, ama- that's I usually just a tie up. I usually hate when they go to the the, the ground. Right, but, but you can see why. I mean, but I loved, I loved that. Well, McGregor was larger than life. I mean, right. he still he, is. Talk about a guy that was able to just he did well. I'm a street kid just and to spin I, that all the way up there. I loved how he handled it on Instagram. He he wrote something like, "Good knock." I look forward to the rematch. Yeah. It's more than a knock. That yep. that thing was crazy. So obviously you're an expert promoter. How do you handle this now? You got two guys that everybody wants to see fight again. The mm-hmm. UFC understands how much money that would mean, but they have to do the right thing. They're they're officially suspended. But uh, how how do you how do you work yourself out of that bind? Being you know the owner of the company. Well, they have a also they have a bigger hiccup, um, and their hiccup is they're regulated by the Nevada State exactly. Athletic Commission. So if it was if it was a private company, um, you wouldn't have to. You know, you can do pretty much what you want, and you know, levy massive fines and suspensions for a little while, whatever you, whatever you would think appropriate. Um, the one big issue, you know, looking at it whether you have Nevada State Athletic Commission or not, is the safety of the crowd. That that is a that was unfortunately a huge no no. Uh, what what happened, and when it spills out into the crowd. And potentially people get hurt. Now you're totally crossing the line on that, um, and that's something that they have to uh, fine or whatever the punitive damages are going to be. I don't know what that is. I'm sure they're obviously trying to figure that out as we speak. Um, that that's really the major issue. Is you've got to really protect your fan base because no one's going to go. You're not going to get. You know, I, I saw a quick uh, clip of I think Matt Damon was in the in the crowd. He's not going. You know, with his wife, if something like that can happen right you know so you gotta again get the safety of you know the patrons well uh uh they could take a page from the wwe well back, we, back we, in the day we go in the crowd still no 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 different I, you gotta help me out uh what year it was i think it was after the super bowl uh it was a big match for the title and it was in an empty arena was it a halftime show or was it a halftime I show believe oh halftime it, it was uh, we yeah. had sunday night heat which was uh, on usa yeah it was one of our shows and that's what we did in an empty arena. Remember that? I thought that was a brilliant idea. But it was, it was cool because they're like, listen, you get to watch a halftime show, which wasn't as grand as it is now. Yeah. And it was, or you can watch this amazing match. Yeah. And, f- and they're fighting in front of nobody. Yep. It was an empty arena. So what? So when this whole Khabib, Conor McGregor mm-hmm. uh, went down, I was thinking about what you guys did. And I'm like, could you imagine Dana White figures it out? Like, look, we can't risk the crowd getting involved. Because Khabib is, you know, he, he's not rational. He could easily jump in the crowd again, no problem. Imagine if they did that where it's, uh, you know, the rematch is in front of nobody, but it's televised on paper. We'd all pay to see it. How insane would that be? It's a good idea. I'm sure yeah. Dana's listening. Yeah. And then uh, Khabib. Uh, basically said that he was going to give the two million dollars back that he made. He's pissed. You know what? He uh, this guy, and you can fault him for getting out there, but this guy is truly sticking with his guns. That 
he's been disrespected and where he is from you right. don't do that you don't say anything about religion parents you right. know anything you know anything about your family members um and obviously connor crossed the line on all that stuff right that's what he does uh, but you know he created hype he created buzz and right. pay-per-view stuff. he was pushing whiskey in front of him he's you got know? a new whiskey company and at yeah. one of the press conferences <laughs> yeah dude he's a muslim though could you imagine yeah. how fucking crazy you have to be to like take that chance to yeah. promote a fight he's pushing whiskey at him i'm gonna tell you I, there's Khabib's, one thing i love is connor he knows how to drum up some interest but khabib's mm-hmm. in there like i don't drink man i don't drink man you know and, and he was trying to be cool but all this was sinking in and when that fight was over it was like he, he had to let all that energy go I, I enjoyed said, I enjoyed the whole blow up at the end. I loved it. I, I thought it was you know it, it short term. It was interesting. It I don't short- drink, I don't drink either. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's funny about that. The next day, everyone and I think Dana White said it, and maybe even Joe Rogan, my old pal there, saying this is one of the worst nights in UFC history. You ask any fan of the UFC, it was one of the best nights in UFC history because of how insane it yeah, was. But you got to understand what they're coming from. Also, they're they're no, I, they're I, fighting for legitimacy since they started. Yeah, yeah, you know I what understand. Because I mean? people, no, old the, boxing their big, people, their biggest issue is their... liability. Liability, right? That's you know that from when you get big as the UFC has, you know, it's liability from a company standpoint. Right. That's yeah. all your sponsors, all of the things you've busted your ass and worked so hard for. Is now oh do certain people pull out because of that? Right. You know, is that a huge black eye that way? And everyone is you know in that organization you know has worked very hard to get it to where it is. So yeah. in my view, that's where it would be um, you, know, the, you know the most the most detrimental if something like that went down. That's, oh, yeah. that's what they're thinking. That. Yeah, I understand that. But you think uh, they'll figure it out with the athletic uh, commission out there in Nevada? Uh, I think so. Let me tell you something about Nevada. No, I, Everything gets figured out in the I desert, know, one way or another. No, I mean, the good, the good thing is, that's I don't. What I'm getting at I don't but they all have to save face and oh, do yeah. it. Everybody but I don't is. believe anybody, I don't believe any patrons got hurt. No. So, therefore, that's a huge pass to start. You know, um, if people got trampled on or hurt, or God forbid, you know, uh, you know, uh, somebody fell down, broke their ankle, there was a kid there, or, or uh, yeah. somebody hit a woman, or wow, that would just. Here we go. Shut so many things down. Yeah, of course. So it didn't. So luck was on their side. So now it just gets into, again, you know, the fundamentals of what are the punitive damages. I'm sure it could be worked out. And I kind of like your idea because I would pay to see it again. I just want to see the two go out. Well, it's all about the pay-per-view. So they don't really need a live audience if it comes down to it. That sucked, man. But I enjoyed it. All the fights were great. Oh, that guy! The knocked. last three fights. Wait, were you enjoyed that part. You said you didn't like the fight, though. And maybe you were drinking. I'm just, just going to go struck, but I like the melee at the end. Oh, yeah, okay. the melee was good, and I think I was coming off such a. The uh, other guy that knocked that one guy out cold after losing almost the whole fight. What's the big? Um, what's oh, his the name? Beast. Yeah. The um, beast. Yeah. Wow. That was. So I'm kind of like Lewis, it. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so I'm watching this guy. I'm like, this guy's running out of wind, and all of a sudden, it's one of those classic just. Knocked him out one shot, dude. I thought the most classic line after was Lewis's, <laughs> my balls. Are hot. <laughs> my balls are hot. <laughs> I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? My balls was hot. I understand. I forgot a few hours before the fight. Donald Trump called me and told me I got knocked this Russian motherfucker out because they're making him look bad on the news. You know, him and Putin and shit. Fuck what they're talking about. USA and his whole fuck. Because Rogan's like, why are you taking your pants off? Because my balls are hot. Yeah. I was like, wow. That guy shot but the start of immediately. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, totally. But the other one was, uh, he says, he said, yes. He said, man, he goes, I'm exhausted. My ass has got to go do some cardio. I need to sit my black ass down and do some more cardio. 
fuck what you talking about right now. I ain't trying to fight for no title right now. No, I'm no gas tank like that. She. Yeah. I was like, well, this guy's real. Yeah. You know, I he's love like, Don't that. talk to me about no title fight. Yeah. My black ass has to go do some cardio. He, cardio. I, I, I mean, he's got a huge personality, but he... He was uh, he he wasn't the better fighter. I mean, in the end, he was because he won the fight. But he was that one shot knockout. People love watching. No that. kidding, that's man. It, but that's it. That's what happens in heavyweights. That's what people like. That's why I used to love heavyweight fights. And you know, that's why people love Tyson. I mean, the fight itself wasn't fun, but he, just to see someone's head get knocked off. And he just murdered about people. the Tyson melee back in the day. Oh, remember that? They had a big one. Yeah. So this isn't the first time. Yeah, I like the UFC though. It's all right. Dude, the helicopter crash. Holy fuck. A helicopter forced to land on the water off Long Island's south shore, but thanks to fast action from kayakers and emergency responders at Gilgo Beach, a pilot and passenger, a WWE star, are safe tonight. That was last uh, July, right? A year ago already. Yeah. What was that like? Interesting. It was interesting. Um, so, <laughs> Could you walk us through that? Sure. I, 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 I figured I'd wait for the beer to get here before I ask <laughs> yeah. you that question, because that... That's heavy, man, being a father and all that shit. Listen, it's one of those things where, again, um, very lucky, and everything that could have gone right did. So I was going out. Um, uh, I was going out to see my family out in uh, Amagansett, and my kids were in camp, and they had this, you know, uh, it was um, they had a big skit day. So I was like, oh, I can't miss this. I had to do something in the city. The only way for me to get there it was a Friday. I was just like, I oh, forget it. I said, let me just fly out. So flew out, um, taking off, flying out there, and we're about halfway, and all of a sudden, I hear this, boom! We're like, fuck. what the fuck? The pilot went, whoop! I was like, I look up, you know, because it was loud. I mean, it was like, it was like a major, it sounded like a huge gunshot. It was like, it's like, what on earth? And then I see the pilot freak out, and all of a sudden he hits the call button, mayday, mayday, oh, chopper, that's... blah, blah, blah. We're going into the uh, Atlantic. I went, I reached over, I was like, seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. That's it. You know, <laughs> I, and I, literally, it's going to sound weird, but I was, you know, I didn't have my kids there, so um, I was very calm. And because, you know, I'm not going to die in this helicopter. There's no way. I got three kids. I got my wife. There's absolutely no way. I don't know about him, the pilot, but I know I'm going to make it. Was it was just you two, right? Just us two. I, oh, I, I know I'm going to make it. So I'm already preparing, and I'm looking and he's freaking out a little bit. He did an amazing job, um, the pilot. I go, what can I do to help you? He goes, press this button. I go, no problem. Press this button. No problem. Doing whatever. So made it, made it, made it. So he goes, all right, we have You're to. You're in the front seat. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So riding right next to him. So um, uh, he goes, all right, we have to, we got to disengage a clutch we're gonna fall i went okay because that's what that's the safety mechanism in a helicopter you know those tops when we were kids you know you put them in your hands and they go up and, sure. you know, and they come down yeah so basically when the engine stops you have to pull the clutch and then the wind will allow you to kind of drift if you will coming down so you have some type of control uh -huh. not great so it's all wind propelling coming up. But, oh but it, the only reason it's working is because you're falling at such a rapid rate. Yeah. So once you pull that, it was like, you know that sinking oh, feeling you get in a roller coaster? Yeah. So it was like, cocoon, we, and we dropped. And we were, I don't know, I think we were about a mile up, um, you know, or, or, or close to yeah. it. So we were, we, were, we were up there. And I was looking, I was like, man, you know, and I surf a lot. 
What kind of what kind and of that, chopper was it? Uh, I don't know the name of it. Was it like know. a big one, a little one? It or? was a medium. Medium one, all right. It was just me. I was like, yeah. ah, what the hell, and just fly out there. So we start dropping. I'm like, oh. wow. And again, because I surf a lot, I'm looking. We're right on the reef, you know, right. I'm like because we're far out. I'm like, not super far. I'm like, all right. And I'm like, oh, man, I know what's going to happen. So we're going to hit, going to sink to the bottom. You know, this is what's going through my mind. Right. And, you know, I know enough where... Don't open the windows. Don't do anything. You know, and then you get to flip over because it's heavy. Right. And the propellers will go down, so you're be upside down, submerged. I said, "Son of a bitch, if I make it out of here and do all this stuff, which I'm going to, if a shark bites me, <laughs> okay? Because that's where the you're big right fishies the are. Yeah, yeah. They're the best where the biggies are. That's They're where deep. they are. I'm like, son of a bitch. Like nothing you can do about that. So that was going through my head. Um, but anyway, the guy. It was one of those days where no wind. Um, the ocean happened to be like, you know, like a lake at the time. And out of the entire fleet of helicopters, this is the only one that had pontoons. So it was literally divine intervention. Wow. Um, and so he says, all right, we're going to hit, you know, we're going to do some wheelie move. I said, do whatever you got to do, buddy. So we came in, you know, basically at the last second did a big like tail rotate. I think the tail hit the water and then. We flew forward, you know, up against the glass and then rock back. I look over. I was like, good job. <laughs> and we we're just sitting there floating. So uh, it was pretty uh pretty And you just stayed in, the, stayed in the chopper. Right? Yeah. And then the, then the Coast Guard came. And uh, actually, a, a lot of guys, the first guys out were um, the fishermen, lifeguards. Oh, lifeguards. Lifeguards were on the beach and they saw the whole thing. Um, and I'm sorry that I'm forgetting their names at the moment, but they're super nice. They came out on their kayaks. To like, hey, man, let's go. I'm like, yeah, I'm getting out of here. I said, no problem. So I jump in one of the kayaks, you know, and start going. And then uh, and then the Coast Guard came. We got on that boat. I said, I'll take the bigger boat. Um, went to the Coast Guard station. And then there was all the media there. I mean, because obviously it hit pretty fast. Um, and I was like, huh. So once I got in the boat, you know, I was like, oh, do I tell Marissa? Or <laughs> you know, what? because. Your poor wife. So, well, she didn't know. I'm just like, I, you know, I was like, I better. You know, so I call her. I'm like, hi, just let you know, um, I'm going to miss skit day. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it, you know and she's she's like, oh, really? You know, because, you know, I was, she's thinking traffic. I didn't leave in time. I was like, yeah, I said, I'm fortunate I'm not going to be able to make it. She goes, what time did you get there? I go, I don't know that yet. She goes, what do you mean? You know, typical. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, well, just let you know, I'm fine. But, you know, uh, we went down the helicopter in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, She's like, what? I was like, we went down. It's okay. I just want to let you know because there's a lot of media here. If there was no media, I wasn't going to tell her. Yeah. You know, uh, I wasn't going to say anything. Um, and she's like, oh, my God. You know, and then obviously the story continues. on. So anyway, it was just a very, very lucky day. Um, and good thing I did because she told the kids right away. And then Declan Myalda said ESPN radio on. All of a sudden, Shane McMahon. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. It was, right away. It was man. all over. Um, it, it was... So I'm glad I I'm glad I told her and she didn't find out that way because right. oh my god I would have been killed. But imagine like you're like yeah. uh, hanging out at the mall like yeah you were in a fucking helicopter accident yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it I would have been killed in my kitchen but not yeah, in yeah, exactly yeah right. you know, my wife Cecilia be like, <laughs> what I love is that you at no point you thought you were gonna die you know what and I don't this is not a bragging thing no, this no, is no. not a thanks this is not um no I've been very lucky in my life I've been in several situations where i should not be here right. and um this is one of them but i am absolutely 
I have responsibilities, and I was not dying. Right, so I mean, I've always, there's no way. I've I, always thought I was going to die in situations like. Oh really? You, like I was in an airplane and I uh, lost an engine. And I was like, boom, I hear, I'm like, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> Call my wife. I always hated you. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and we Let's survived. Get this done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wrap it up. Yeah, huh? It was raining. Pussy, I'd get hit with a dick, man. That's my luck. <laughs> it's I, was just, I was just picturing most uh, wives that would be in the situation right. with Shane would be like, yeah, sure, you were in a helicopter yeah. accident. Yeah, my, that's my wife. <laughs> that's that what you call whores now? <laughs> Helicopters? What's yeah. her name? What? That's her real name. <laughs> helicopter, my ass. <laughs> Give me a break. Why, why, helicopter? Was the pilot like calm, or or did he lose his shit? He was awesome. Um, obviously nervous. Um, yeah, because he's crashing just like you. We're going down. Yeah, well, exactly. At that point, everyone's a human being. Yeah. But uh, but he was. His name was Mario, and uh, he did a phenomenal job. Um. Yeah, and really, really saved us, you know, with the landing and how we did it. Because, you know, you easily, if you went in sideways, you hit, you know, even though the propellers aren't running by the engine, they're still spinning sure. by the wind. So that could have shattered and came I, through. I, I mean, there's happened. immense amount of things that could have gone wrong. And, you know, unfortunately, you hear all about so many crashes that happen all the time. And the result is not not a good one. Did you uh, did you give give him a little gift? After the fact? No. A we, little um, popcorn tin or something? <laughs> no, we just, uh, you know, afterwards, um, again, we're at the Coast Guard station, and and I said, uh, you know, obviously thank, you know, yeah. I thanked him, and um, and then I was like, all right, well, all right, I got to get, I got to get the <laughs> it's Amagansett. <laughs> it's skit And they said, all right, well, just let their... There's another helicopter if you want to go. I was like, perfect. So I got in another helicopter. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. you're, you're that guy. 30 minutes later, I got in another helicopter, or an hour later, and then I flew. Um, then I flew in, and I miss. I didn't miss Skit Day. <laughs> but I'm with you, man. What are the odds? Yeah. I was like, I'm like again? I'm like, come on. Well, if you didn't come think on. you were going to die when it was crashing, you're not going to think you're going to die when it's flying. Yeah. Well, I, this specific thing. Again, we were over water. I mean, if we were over land, it would have been far worse. Right. You know, because then, uh, yeah, it's you know those landings are way harder. Does that hit you any ever in the last year? Do you think about it? Um, again, I've been through unfortunately. What's in, another one? You keep hinting. Yeah, no, I've been through a couple. Um, like give us helicopter one. crashes? No, just one of those. Oh yeah. No other things that uh, I'm just again lucky to be here. So. What is the story There's there, no story. Carl? <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, motorcycles or whatever. probably a motorcycle. Or dump a bike. They get scary. I've I have, I have a bike. bike. Yeah. You've dumped a bike. I've dumped. I dumped a Ducati 916 at about 100 miles an hour. Oh, that did not feel good. Road rash. Well, I was. Everything was going fine until I my shoulder hit the curb. Ooh, just broke everything. Oh, nice. It sucked. Did you get it? Get it fixed? Yeah. Barely, but it, we <laughs> yeah. put it together. Some duct tape. <laughs> Some <shit>. duct tape, <laughs> dirt. When you, fall on, when you fall on a bike, it's just, you don't realize how fast you're going until you're on the ground. It feels like you go faster the minute you hit that. Sure. But uh, the thing that I, what saved me is I, you know, I had full leathers on and a good helmet. And oh, that's smart. Good boots. I, I was, once I saw, I saw a kid get decapitated once, driving in Connecticut. We got a GSXR 750. The kid was, you know, more biked than brains. There's no recovery from that. No, no. And he and he passed us. You know, we was ten of us on bikes, and he brand new Jixer. Was he with you guys? Yeah, yeah. He was part of the group. A oh, part of the group. And uh, he high sided. You know, he he went too fast Whoa. down a corner, and he yeah. high sided, and it slammed him between the two guardrails and it cut his head off. Wow. That was it. 
Nice. And the chopper guy, you know, they brought the medevac. And it's funny, the medevac was, they, the cops weren't communicating. State police and regular police. It was big, you know, when, when someone's head's off, there's yep. a lot of miscommunication with what's going on. Sure. And I, I couldn't get to the kid, but I knew he was dead. When the co- when the chopper was coming down, they waved him off. And the chop- the medevac just... Oh, you didn't, you didn't see the head? He's just... I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't, why? You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, funny. Like, I, I knew the kid. I didn't want to see it. No, but after that, experience. I always I always rode, you know, fully fully dressed. Like they smart started. because it's just it's so easy. My friend would come home. He's like, I'm like, you're on a bike with, with stupid shoes and ripped his whole heel off for a little little accident. Mm-hmm. So that's what saved my life. I, I was in a mini bike accident when I was 12. Oh, and mini I, bike, no, nice. And that was it. No, that was it. Jeez, to this I day, know. I can't I can't get <laughs> it on anything with two fucking wheels. Why? Well, we I got nervous. You one. I got I got nervous <laughs> on a, I got nervous on a moped in Nantucket. I was still feeling the effects 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can build you one. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm affiliated with a bike company, Indian Larry Motorcycles. Indian Larry, right? Beautiful yeah. bikes. Do you guys know Bobby? Have you met Bobby? They met Bobby. Uh, Mike's trying to get me down there. Tell me about Indian Larry, man. It's uh, obviously um, Indian. Indian Larry it was named after Indian Larry, um, which was one of the coolest New Yorkers in the history of New Yorkers. Very cool. So what he, makes him so cool? I don't he know. was a custom bike builder, and was just he. He just really evoked um, a cool, rebellious attitude in an era, um, and it was it was that it's that nature that carried on, you know, through. Uh, unfortunately, he passed, yeah. um, and so tried to keep the the company alive and doing that and so through partners you know bobby and elisa seeger who have really been working hard on the brand um trying to keep that alive and um and move forward with that so, great bikes yeah, cool bikes so it's so for your edification it's custom bikes and it's similar to a harley style or a v-twin if you will right nice um yeah they're fun yeah i hate motorcycles yeah Jesus, Mikey, get on a fucking microphone, please. What was his? Uh, what was the stunt that took him out? Uh, I wasn't there. I was in North Carolina, and he was uh, racing all day. So he's in his full leathers and everything, and he's like, "Oh, it was awesome." Um, and then he took his leathers off, and he had lost so much water; he's just dehydrated. So he got on his normal road bike, just going to ride down the street a little bit. And he used to do this thing where he used to stand on the seat in the tank. You know, did it uh, a million times. Um, lost control, you know, just got a little wobbly. And suppose he was only going about 15 yeah. miles an hour. Uh, unfortunately, hit his head, um, and that was it. Oh, my Just really God. a freak. It's, it's that simple. Freak thing. He just yeah, a freak that's a thing. That sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yep. Hell of a New Yorker, though. Yeah, I, I, I never heard of him before, Indian Larry. Well, because you drove a scooter around. Well, I, I, no one in the only scooter. Only in Nantucket. Cr- yeah. I, I no one going. in the Nantucket scooter squad's talking about Indian Larry. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You want to hear how stupid With the I whale pants and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear whale pants. Beep, 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 Come on. Going apple picking. Beep, beep. It's like Shane's getting comfortable and now. And your dockers. Oh, yeah, Wait, no, what are they? The docksiders. The docksiders. My salmon red. Yeah. little sweater tied around his neck. Uh, yeah. Beep beep! <laughs> I'm gonna sit on the seat. Yeah, call me Chad. <laughs> Chad, Chad from Tuck. <laughs> um, no man, I was game for mini bikes, and then that might have led to motorcycles. But I was at uh, in the playground at Washington Drive School, and Harry Flood <laughs> had a mini bike that he built, and he, he goes, a raging 2.5 well, like horsepower like breaking strap lawnmower motor, <laughs> yeah, right? 2.5 horse goes, at, at best. And I go, I want to try that. He goes, Hey kid, you know how to ride a mini bike? I go, Yeah, I do. And the throttle, I thought, was the brake. 
Oh, jeez. I was never on one. I was 12 at the time. Give me a 12, 13. Okay. So I I was going too fast, and I kept hitting the throttle going faster and faster. I couldn't. I didn't know how to stop the fucking thing. Right. And I was in pure panic mode, and I dumped it in the woods, which was a sticker bush. <laughs> <laughs> so you drove a two-horse farm machine into the bush. Yeah, and then I had to run home because our house was close to Washington Drive School at the time. And I broke the front uh, window of the door to get inside because I was bleeding profusely. And then uh, I got probably close to 100, 100 stitches. Stitches. Oh, you know, really? You, you and then from, from the breaking the door? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had, I had a cut all the way through my nose, my eyelid, and a huge gash in my top of my head. From going into a sticker bush? I was flying, man. For real. For real. For real. Shane can't even look at you. I was flying. Hey, it happens. You can go. But that, thing had it, that thing probably went 20 miles an hour. 20 miles an hour I, through a sticker bush it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> if you just get thrown in a sticker bush, it hurts. My I love memory. that the guy that fell out of the air in a helicopter just trying to apologize for you. <laughs> Shane's literally looking at you at the microphone like, this my, is bullshit. <laughs> but if my memory serves me, I would have sworn I was going like 50 miles an hour. It's probably I was probably going 20 miles an hour. Not Maybe. even, maybe. not even. I, I said really. A back then, it was a acceleration. Small yeah, fucking... maybe 12, 12 to fifteen miles. Oh, hour. that's embarrassing, man. <laughs> but anyway, that that was it, though. I I never got into it. I, I took one more uh, bike ride when I was in college, and I was the guy decided he knew I was scared and decided to go hundred miles an hour on a country road. I was. Oh my god! Wait, 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 wait you're on the wait, back. You're riding, bitch. <laughs> oh, no, I was. Stop a... talking about bikes. Stop. Just. <laughs> Just go back to the pricker bush. Yeah. <laughs> Sticker Stop. bush. You're hugging some dude. Yeah. I'm going oh. 100. <laughs> well, I didn't see what you hugging him. Oh. Were your legs wrapped around? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have foot pegs? Or? This is the worst. <laughs> oh, you Jesus. got a reverse boner on this dude's yeah. back. <laughs> I, I wasn't. Oh. Did you pee on his back? Oh, God. <laughs> like Dumb and Dumber. Remember when they got off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just I, go, I, man. I got to go. Just go. <laughs> Did you have your hands interlocked? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's mm. it. Oh, Opie's leopard G-string is showing because his butt's all... I'm trying to share with you fucking guys. He's got his tramp Please stamp Please don't, don't, don't share the leopard G-string. The G-string. Awesome. Point, point being, scared shitless ever since, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but... It's good. Well, you know, stay off them. Yeah, man. Yeah. Get off those scooters and stop driving on the back of bikes, dude. Well, I, I talked to a lot of the guys uh, for the X Games, <laughs> and, maybe, and maybe you could uh, help me with this a little bit. They, I asked those guys if they ride bikes on the regular uh, highways and stuff. They're like, I'm not fucking crazy enough to do that. They're like, you know, the shit they do at the X Games is insane. And these same guys, a lot of them are like, I, we, I don't fucking ride a bike out there on the regular roads <laughs> just because of everybody else, obviously. What, what's your yeah. thoughts on that? Well, it's that's one. You know, is the other people, which is really dangerous. You right. know, um, and the other is it's not a track condition, so you don't know what's going to be out there. Right. You know, there could be sand, it could be oil, there could be a spill, it could be. So you don't know. Um, you know, our shops in Brooklyn, and we always go out and we we kind of push push the envelope a little bit where I used to. Right. Um, Definitely used to, Marissa. I used to push the envelope, and I don't do that anymore. <clears throat> so back in the day, we would uh, to clarify, we would, uh, you know, the, the traffic is insane on the BQE, and we just 
Right down. That's awesome. Right down the middle. But it's right. it's, it's a rush to be QA. It's man. a rush, dude. You gotta you gotta really know what you're doing. You gotta know how to ride. Yeah. Um, you know, but it does it can make your uh it can make your sphincter pucker a little bit when you boom, boom, pinball off a couple doo, 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 you know, hit a couple you touch a couple you're just cars. Like, that was close. <laughs> and you're like, Wow. You know, <laughs> yeah. No fear, huh? You can you can uh, Oh, you're scared. When I, when I used to ride fast on my bike, I was scared, and it gave me it made me have attention. You know what I mean? Like yeah, every time I got lazy, pumping. yeah, every time I got lazy and thought I could do something, I'd either dump the bike or make a stupid mistake or lock up the front or right. Try I had a race bike. My, that, that bike, especially the Ducati 916, it was probably the first super super bike. So it really wasn't all figured out, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. It had like the first year with Olin Shock. This is like nerd stuff, but no, no, that's cool. The, yeah. the rebounds were off. Everything mm. was weird. You know, it was a V twin, so I had all the power down low, nothing up. It was just a, it did, the bike didn't work, you know, for the street. It was just a pure yeah. track bike, so I would get into a lot of trouble with it. So, Fuck. so going back to it, yeah, the best thing is you take those bikes, and uh, I've actually been thinking about doing a Ducati uh, for the track, right? Um, just because I like to go really fast, and uh, they did the best you, in the business, man. But you have to, you know, <laughs> you, you should be fully race leathers, everything, protect yourself as much as possible. And what's the fa- what's the fastest you've gone on a bike? Um, Marissa, earmuffs. No, earmuffs. <laughs> so I can say earmuffs, and you can say blank, blank, blank. That was the best. Earmuffs. It's um, <laughs> cool. She ain't listening now. Good job. Thank you. Earmuffs. Part of part of my issue is back then, um, back in the day again. Uh, Long time ago. Whatever bike I would be on, I would just hammer the throttle to it and go any faster. Wow. So I can't tell you exactly, but it's been north of 180. Wow! Wow! You know, I went one, what does that feel like? It's you're scary. moving, man. Is it's it, like a supersonic Pac-Man. It's like, <laughs> everything is flying. Is it, is it just a shot of adrenaline, though? Or are you feeling like alive? Yeah, you're the adrenaline's the whole. I mean, you're just your adrenaline's your adrenal glands are dumping. Yeah, <laughs> dumping at that point because you know that you're there's no turning back. You're cheating death. Wow! You know you're cheating death. Wow. Yeah. That may be one of the stories. Oh, so that, that could be one of the stories. I, I figured as much. That I wasn't going to push you on it. it. Could be, yes, you are. That's your I'd job. rather push you on the Hulk Hogan thing, coming <laughs> back for SmackDowns. <laughs> I still want to know. Uh, did, you, did you ride a on the back? thousandth episode. Huh? Did you ride on the back of that motorcycle more than once? Hope <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Listen, I'm in, I, I can't get past it. You know, there's certain things that just stop me. <laughs> no, he was. Were you guys like friends? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I'm so he, confused. He worked at the bar I worked at. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, my God. It's getting worse. Oh my God! Is that it worse? was a drunk interlude. Oh my God! You were drunk. <laughs> oh What'd you God! Tell him? God, you look like Tom Cruise yeah. in cocktail. Next yeah. thing you know, you're on the back of the bike. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Hey man, can I have a ride? <laughs> yeah, jump on the back, <laughs> hug me. <laughs> <laughs> the bar, Snuggle up. <laughs> the bar just closed, and we had nothing else to do. Closing uh, time. Closing. Oh my God! Don't tell me you were a last call bitch on a bike. <laughs> it was a sunny fucking day. Yeah, uh, nice sunny next morning. No, he was giving I'll it. never forget it. What I was wearing. I'll never forget. He was, wearing, he was wearing chaps and nothing else. Yeah, was I was amazing. wearing my ass's chaps, my new Prince shirt. The real story is boring. He was giving all of us rides because he was showing off, and oh, and I was oh. I was being a pussy. What jail's he in now? I was being a pussy. No, I think he's dead. <laughs> I lost track of him, but I believe he's uh, no longer with us. But um, Once you guys broke up, he's down old spiral. I think it was from uh, cancer, to be honest with you. Okay. But um, <laughs> I was being a little bitch. 
<laughs> oh, it's not coming out. That's nice. Get a napkin. It was in the back. It was on the back oh, it's, row. It's in your mustache. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Save that for later. It was on. It was on the back roads of Geneseo where I went to college, and I was being a bitch as he's giving everyone else rides, and then everyone fucking pressured me into it, knowing uh-huh. that I kind of have a fear of bikes. And then this guy knew that and decided to really fucking get me scared. Yeah, that's it. That's the real story. I remember once being in Brooklyn on the back of a motorcycle, and I had to hug the guy, and he was going really fast down 18th Avenue, but I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and it was time for his dad to take me home. I was 12. Jesus, soap. You can act like a man! What's the matter with you? Where, uh, where you at with politics? Does the whole family like Trump? Well, my mom's in his cabinet. I know that. You know That's that? why I'm asking. Right. Of course I know that. I remember when your mom ran in, in uh, Connecticut for the first time. Yes. Right. I think, I, I mean, I hate people. They, they, <laughs> like, I really do. I really do. You know, like, the way they treated her, like, the local media shit was bullshit. You know what I mean? It's just, like, you don't know. It's so weird. Like, you're like, this is a normal but, person. But are like, you surprised? It treats you like a monster. I'm not surprised. The one, the one thing that, you know... In, your your get, mom didn't deserve that. That's what I mean yeah, by that's that. What I'm but saying. I'm like, not surprised. They're they're all a bunch of assholes. That, that is really what, you know, having experienced it from a family level. Right. It is really difficult. You know, my dad's a different story. He's been a public figure, etc. Right. If someone says something about my dad, I'm like, ah, whatever, rolls right. off my back. But when someone I was with my mom would come at my mom, I'm like, dude, I go, that's my mother. I'm like, hey, yo. Like, I'm like, (laughs) like, you better back the fuck off. You know, like, like instantly I get my, you know, and I'm not, I don't. I don't react well to negativity, especially to, against my mom. You know, who, so, who does? I mean, I'm like, it's my mom. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm rip your throat out of your body. You know, like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you have to be careful. But the the really how they, you know, the dirty aspects of politics, specifically of you know when you're in those races. Wow, they go for the juggler on anything they can possibly get. Whether There's no rules for engagement. It's just zero. Yeah. Whether you did something or didn't do something or you may have said something 30 years ago, whatever it is, they use any little nugget they can to to go after it. Yeah. So that's the one unfortunate aspect of it because some people like my mother truly should be right in office. Um and the reason is because they truly want to do better. Right. For the country, for themselves, for etc. My mom thinks it's an honor to be there, right? And uh, it's, she's, she's in a serving great, the country. She's in a great role right. because she's really bipartisan. You know, everyone yeah. wants small business to work, so she's in an excellent spot. Um, you know, and again on on both sides. Um, but the but how nasty some of that stuff oh. is. As we were just talking, it's like wow, it, it is. Just doesn't uh, make sense. Like it, it, I I watch the politics and stuff, and I, I hear like these politicians going after other politicians. And I'm like. This stuff doesn't matter in in anybody's real life. Like, sh- uh, this person didn't pay this toll, or pay. I'm like, no thing. Nobody cares about this. Only when you're running for a race, it's like, yeah, it's the most ridiculous thing they I've ever heard. Dig up whatever they can, but so. they don't care who they hurt. But they mom- don't care that this is a family or that this person might have kids. No, no. that they, they might hear this later. Like, it's complete craziness. Yeah, I and know. then what happens is real people. Don't want to be politicians anymore because no one wants to go through that. Right. So you get more shit. So it's like only people that are snakes end up being in politics because people that actually want to do well. I'm like, I'm not going to put my son through this or my daughter. And then you lose good people, and that's how you end up. Well, because the good people become CEOs of companies, and because that's an easier life. Right. But they could, you know, a lot of these people would but, jump in and help right. the government mm-hmm. but because they have real experience, you know, with with companies yeah. and people. 
But who's going to run now? With but with that said, uh, Shane's mom handled herself very yeah. well. Yeah. So um, I'm a fan. Do you have a good Trump story? Mm, no, not really. <laughs> we have. Um, I mean, we've known him for a long time. Yeah, because he was involved with WrestleMania. Right. Um, it was cool. Yeah, you were referring to the picture. So we got to you know the boys, specifically mine. Uh, we were all there collectively and. Um, I think Declan asked, he goes, hey, can I can I sit in your chair? I was like, oh, my God. That's <laughs> awesome. In the Oval Office. Right. And he was, President Trump was very gracious enough to say, absolutely, sat in the chair. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's cool, man. I mean, for me, you know, I had never gone right. to, the, to the White House. And you always see it in movies and TV yeah, shows yeah. and the Oval Office. And you think about the history, and that's really what was going through my mind, right. of, wow, through the annals of time, the history that has happened in this very room Craziness. of, you know, um, really deciding the future of other countries and our own. I was, I, it was very um, surreal, uh, probably. It, very surreal, and yeah. it was. I was just like, wow. That's a great picture. The whole family in the Oval Office. Look at Triple H, <laughs> <laughs> my old friend Triple H. You don't get along with him? I love Triple H. Oh, okay. No, we go way back when he was spanking peaches. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love bringing it up to him. He's like, He's like <laughs> He loved coming on our show. That's a hell of a brother-in-law you got it was there. It fun. No, we, we had this girl, Peaches, and we're like, come on, Triple H, go ahead. And he left a handprint on her. And uh, I never let it go. He, he finds it funny to this day when we see him, but whatever. I think we did it, Shane, unless you want to give us some big scoop. What kind of motorcycle were, was this guy on? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. Was it, what color? Was it purple? It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was lavender. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ride over on this forever, literally. I'm just I'm, being honest. I'm going to rent the motorcycle, and then we're going to go. Uh, but I, uh, Let's go down to Indian Larry. We'll go to right. home. We'll get some barbecue. There's great barbecue down there. I can't imagine getting on a motorcycle. No, I'll, no, no, you, no. you hug me tight, and uh, I'll give you a ride. No, 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 seriously. At least do it right. Let's get a sidecar. Yes, Opie the sidecar. <laughs> okay, with, now that with the goggles and the old school helmet. Exactly. Yes. 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 With the far better. Leather. Far better. Yeah. Oh, the side. The sidecar. Come on. I'll, I'll, I'll go in the sidecar, but you're yeah, not yeah, dressing yeah. me up, asshole. Yeah, you're totally dressing <laughs> up. I'll go, I'll go sidecar. Big vineyard vines, pink sweater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the sidecar. That I thought that was a good option. I'm trying to look out for yeah. you because right. you can't you can't pull up to our shop riding on the back. Yeah, just, no, yeah, it's not going to be good. And just, then we'll tie you like a helium balloon so you could we could see if you get lost yeah. or if you fall off. We can find you in the woods in the sticker book. <laughs> That'd be all right. <laughs> That'd be all right. Bringing it back. Bring there it all go. back. Bring it all all the way back. Hey, you know, uh, what, you ever tell you. All jokes aside, I was on the sidecar in an old Indian. It's probably scary. Holy shit. Okay, that's what I would assume. Sidecars, let me tell you something. It, they're they're scary, man. You're so close to the ground Not at that, that point. If the guy knows what he's doing, which he did, he had an, a 48 Chief, a beautiful bike, man. And uh, he had a sidecar, and the guy was crazy. He, has, he owns two of them. He restores them. And he took a turn, and he lifted me right up in the air. So yeah. I'm, it's like a, it's like a oh, carnival, right? I'm in that. the air on this old creek, and you... You know, it's old, and you feel going going like this, shaking it, right? Trying to make the turn. Yeah, trying to make the turn, and I'm in the air going around a turn. Go a little too fast, a little too fast. He's like, sorry, that went in a little hot. Yeah, Lean. (laughs) Yeah, lean. It's like you're on a sailboat. It's crazy. (laughs) Sidecars, because you have no control. Yeah. You know, and you don't realize, like, why? Why does it have a hold-on bar here, here, and here? And you realize in a second. You learn really fast. You learn really fast. Man. Anything else, Shane? Give us a scoop. No, that was pretty Give much us one it. Scoop. That was a scoop. 
Which scoop? The scoop. We're bringing, we're bringing back old school. You get to watch. I got to SmackDown 1000th episode. Hulk Hogan. Hmm. Oh, Coming back no. Tuesday. That's your, that's your prediction, huh? <laughs> Yes, it is. All right. <laughs> I think it's time. All right. He did his time. Come on. <laughs> I, I, he's got one. Oh, Ronda Rousey. Yep. Are you guys surprised how well she's doing? Not at all. She's really? You, you can I, tell a star when you see one. Yes. I knew she was no, a star no, when no, I saw no, an no, entourage. No. no, hear me out. I, I knew she had that part of it. But I mean, the actual skills. She's 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 pretty impressive in there. Very much so. I mean, she had the, obviously a lot of skills from her MMA background, her judo background, and she's adapted um, very well to us. It's funny how, um, and the story was told to me through Triple H, that Ronda had always had aspirations to be in the WWE. So she watched as a kid. She's a fan, uh, and then you know her. She she went the MMA route first, right? Um, but all of her skills easily translate. And now, you know, especially a lot of the stuff that she's been in, you know, in the movies and things like that, she's learning how to, you know, um, how to take care of her personality and how does that now flow in. And we're obviously the blend of both. Yeah. So she's she's having a great time, um, enjoying it, keeping it extremely real. Uh, and, the, and the fan base is, you know, loving that yeah, aspect. Yeah, they're eating it up. Yeah, they are. Because I'm happy for her. Yeah. yeah. I really yeah. am. By the way, super nice. Oh, I had on. Oh, you had her on? Uh, super bunch. nice. Love her. But, you know, there is, you can see in her eye, though, there is that when she yeah. clicks that switch, you're like, oh, check. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm out of yeah, here. She's tough for real, man. She's, oh, yeah. She she, Did, she can do it. Over the years, One of the best were, in the world. There, over the years, there were people that came in and you knew not to push their buttons too much. She was one of them. She's yeah. on a very short li- uh, uh, list. No, a short list of people who were oh. like, got to be a little careful you say one wrong thing and it mm. could go sideways quick yeah but yeah. she's a cool person man great personality great stories you know she was awesome you think she has one more mma run in her i don't know i think that would really depend on her if why would she want to do that if that's something she would want to do just because how she she's went out a WWE I mean, star. why would you want to do that i mean if you're a competitor uh, it's still i don't know because she's she was amazing and then, unfortunately, the last couple of fights were, you know, were rough. So maybe that still plays in her head. That's all. That's a tough division. That female division's tough. It man. got pretty tough, really fast. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. really fast. It got really competitive. I enjoy watching some of those fights better than some guy fights. Oh yeah, they absolutely. Knock the shit out of each they other. They go for it, right? man. They go for it. They, they have no like, like. It's like a straight brawl from the minute they come right. out. Yeah, there's a lot of anger there. <laughs> there's a lot of anger there. But but I think you're, you're seeing <laughs> that. You're seeing that in obviously a lot of sports, right? Um, and you know WWE is doing one October 28th, I believe, is the date, and we're having an all female pay per view. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, and it's because of you know it's time for that, and the women have in my view surpassed a lot of the men that's all there used to be with in-ring quality how hard they work they, they want it more right. it's like an up-and-coming rookie wants it more no right female or female than sometimes than the top yeah. dog yeah. and you see that hunger so you have I'm a lot especially of, their whole life people tell them they couldn't do it so exactly. they have that they have that like, fire oh my god you're gonna be this are you right. crazy right. especially getting into more of the fight game or wwe yeah. game and, and yeah. it doesn't hurt that vince is gonna make them all wrestle topless <laughs> not <laughs> awesome. I knew this podcast was going too yeah, long that's it I knew Opie was going to shit the bed and there it is I, and there it is and that's I it I respect that is that the, that that the like, salvo like, like, such a good t- I knew that he wasn't going to take the motorcycle bitch ride very well <laughs> he was going to wait <laughs> just want, throw a shit cupcake yeah, out yeah, there just, I, I just, just wanted to hear how there. quickly Shane would go not <laughs> not I'm kidding obviously you know whatever you guys have been ahead of the curve though I mean yeah 
for anything, any entertainment to last this long, I mean, well, they, to be the greatest storyteller on earth. Yeah. I mean, to, to, to reinvent. They reinvented themselves over and over again. Every generation has yeah. a different wrestling sure. story. Like, mine was the British Bulldogs and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat mm -hmm. and Hulk Hogan. Right. And I, actually, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant were actually behind me. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of in that middle part. Right. And then people a little younger than me have a different one. Sure. And older than me, it's crazy. I go Every old... generation has a completely different story, but just as... Well, well I go since old... the advent of television. Right. It's yeah, crazy. Wrestling has been on since right. the 50s that way. And, you know, I'll digress for a second. Really going back into the 20s and 30s, my great-grandfather, Jess McMahon, was promoter for Madison Square Garden. Wow. So he was the fight promoter, the booker. He worked for Tex Rickard. So Wow. Um, so any major fight that came in was through Jess McMahon. And you guys saw the movie Cinderella Man? Sure. Yeah. So Braddock, yeah. he got a second shot because uh, I forget which guy fell out. Um, and, you know, Jess being Irish went with one of his own. So he went back to the docks, went to Braddock's during the Depression and said, hey, I got a shot, kid, if you want it. Um, and Braddock said, yeah. And then he won and then held it for a little while and changed his life around. So, wow. Um, and then when boxing had prohibition, what the garden would do is they needed to fill the dates. So that's things that came in. I mean, different types of stuff came in, but circus was a staple. And then wrestling really came around. Um, but then wrestling was, you know, you know, 20, 30, 40, an hour, an hour match, you know, in Smokefield Arena was a complete different product. But that's really the indoctrination of how it happened. Yeah. And my grandfather saw that. Um, did some boxing, did some concerts, did some stuff, but really focused on the wrestling aspect and, um, you know, matchmaking and, you know, how we, how do we take that to a bigger thing and created really the Northeast Territory. Um, and then there was a bunch of fiefdoms around. Yeah. Um, so all over the country. And then my dad came around and said, hey, let's all join everyone together. Yeah. And they said, no. And he says, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And, so, right. and then we went, he went national and now global. Right. So that's really the that's really the history of. And when your dad put that all together, I mean, that's literally like putting mobs together. I mean, there must have been bad blood and people wow. trying and, to screw you. and Oh, yeah. It must have been, that must have been crazy. That's like making the earth. You're putting all those people together. And there was there's some interesting stories. I could have the shadiness that went on when your wow. dad tried to put that together. There's Even before, I mean, you know, again, you can imagine all of these businesses were cash. So and your cash, dad's trying to make them legit. Even before my dad. So you going back to my grandfather, you know, and there are a lot of sharks out there, especially mm -hmm. when it's all cash business. You know, tickets, you know, they, there were no such thing as computers back then. It right. was all, there's a ticket stub there's a dollar and does it add up or not so you can imagine you know if if someone wanted to sure you know screw you over go in or the other way around you know, right so that's probably the hardest thing ever that yeah. was you know if, if you could do that then everything else was cake you know putting all these crazy people together sure Imagine asking crazy people from across the country, let's join together and make this legit. No, you, you nailed it by saying it's uh, getting a bunch of mob families yeah, like sure, to, like, to come together. Yeah, like then, putting all five they, families they, together. They were incredibly mm -hmm. uh, territorial, obviously, yeah, and they were stealing so. each other's wrestlers before yep. your dad figured out to just make it a you know one big giant That's uh, a company. story for and, the ages. And, and we did that. Um, and specifically built, you know, because we all grew up with Saturday and Sunday mornings primarily. You know, those here in New York um, grew up Saturday night, Channel 47 on the Spanish station. Yeah. But then it became um, a staple for Saturday morning and Sunday morning. 
and that same show would air in New York, and then it would air in Chicago, and then so everyone had the same time slot, and there was over three hundred different syndicated television stations. So literally, it was our own network. Wow, that you built that consistent time slot Saturday and Sunday morning, whether it be between ten and and noon. Uh, as soon as cartoons would go off the air, would go right into that. So that's how we all grew up on that. Wow. Wow. I forgot to ask you. I know we're wrapping up, but where are we at with the XFL? We're getting closer now. Getting closer. When, when does it start? Um, Another year, right? Yep. I don't have the exact date on it. Um, and that's still to be determined. But, but more or less uh, next next winter, right? Yep. Shane, can Opie do the pregame again? Because last oh, time was Christ. such a big success. Yeah. Could we get Opie, Opie and Carl in the pregame? Possible. You never know. Uh, you I don't want to do it with Opie because I saw you, pictures of him. All right. He, I think he Shane handpicked me. <laughs> it was Shane's fault. It was, it was my, uh, yeah, my bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> he did handpick us, though. Shane was the man, man. I, uh, if, if, if you come into the arena on the back of a bike with someone, <laughs> yes! we may. I will ride that we bike. We may have some something let me let me ask you this a, a real question about the xfl so what are you guys going to do differently that you from the last time to make it work although a lot of the shit the xfl did the nfl took after <laughs> the xfl disbanded right so you you, you guys definitely uh, helped the nfl well, it definitely changed the game, you know, specifically point of view cameras. Cameras were, you know, they never were before, different types of coverage. Right. Um, one of the differences, you know, as as it moves forward is keep it more on the pure sport aspect. Um, and that that's what's going to happen. So you mean they're going to play football again? That's going to be awesome. <laughs> Playing football. Now? Oh, I'm telling you, you guys were this fucking close. Of Very because you guys Very. were this close of where it was going to make it. Yeah, I think they it's going to make it. They were a lot closer than people realize. Mm -hmm. Very. Right? So one, hence that's why it's going again. You want to give it one more shot. Yeah, and that's I mean football is an amazing game. But you how are you going to deal with uh playing in the middle of winter or are you guys moving into different arenas that might have better weather or uh again, there's not to be vague on it, but that's uh, okay. deliberately being vague. Uh, there's still a lot to determine on it, and figure you know, out. specifically where it's going to be, how many teams, et cetera. Um, but even here in the New York market, when we had the XFL, when they had the Hitmen, it did very well. Yeah. Um, and attendance was really picking up. Um, so the weather really wasn't an issue because, I mean, you look at you look at people that are here in late November, December, you know, they're bundled up and they're they're ready. Right. So it's the same December and February. Really, the temperatures are the same. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, I think. Shane, you let me know. I will do. I'll do my Food Network tailgate out of the first. I one. like it. Just for you guys, I'll cook my ass off. <laughs> yeah, you awesome. will. I will. Awesome. I'll bring all my boys, all the Food Network guys. Well, Shane, it was. Awesome. I, I think it's going to work. I, I, th I think they have a real shot. All really we got to do is play football. Right. Complete opposite of the NFL. Guys, <laughs> Just play football. That's well, a few, a few guys made it to the NFL, and you know it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's going to be all right. Shane, this was a pleasure catching up for Thanks, real. Man. It's, it's been to way too you. long. We got to do this again. And uh, you're promoting WWE SmackDown's 1,000th episode, which is uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday. Wow, at 8 p.m. on uh, the USA Network, with a lot of surprises. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Thanks, guys. Oh, look, he's got to go. Joey, wrap it up. Shane wants out. Oh. Yeah, Shane's had it. Thank you, Shane. Bye-bye. Man. Okay, Photoshop listeners, let's get that sidecar picture with Greg and Carl online now and leave us a five star review with Apple Podcasts. Since this podcast is free, how about buying a hat or a t shirt at opiradio.com? Check out our links in the description for more. So let's look out into our magic window and give a great big Opie Radio follow back to the following. Rob Moore at Irish Rob 732 Don Clark at DSCTLC1. Thanks for the extra support. At Sweet Jimmy 79 my man. At the lovely Amy K at ALK2001. And my friend Lucy at Leonard JESN1. And let's throw in Mike Barker at Army Panda 313. And one more for the road, Jenna at Just Me JLG. By the way, DM me at Joey Salvia on Twitter if you have a special comment or want to shout out a birthday or whatever. I'll try to include you in the follow back shout out section of our podcast in the future. Thanks again for the support. And thanks for downloading this episode of OP Radio. And because Carl loves you so much, at EV Guitar Man, take it away. Westwood One Podcast Network.